Bring it in. Read Option Podcast back. Week one is this weekend. It actually gets kicked off in about uh, six hours from the time that we are recording this podcast. We have the whole gang here. Vito, flu game for Vito, a little under the weather, weather, uh, and we are excited that he's feeling well enough to join us today. Uh, loaded pod for you guys. We are going to go through all of our week one picks. We're going to do one of my favorite things, which is some on-air producing uh, to figure out how, because I, I we haven't told Vito this yet because we talked about it on the last pod, um, but we want to do something maybe where we do a season-long competition where we're still going to pick every game against the spread, but we're going to pick like th- maybe two to three locks, uh, which we can talk about as we get there, that those are going to be the one that determine our winner. Because when you pick every game, there's always such weird variance that comes in. It's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to tell. Um, but we're going to do that, and we're going to start off the show with doing our uh, playoff picks. We're going to seed one through seven in the playoffs, as well as our MVP, Offensive Defense Player of the Year, Head Coach of the Year, Rookies of the Year, all that fun stuff. But boys... Are you guys ready for some football? It's the only thing keeping me out of my bed right now. (laughs) (laughs) I was born ready. Again, this was an an, an offseason that, you know, I feel like we say this year after year, uh, and and it it grows in, in, in excitement year after year, especially over the past four years that we've been doing the podcast. And, like, this offseason, I got to, I think, maybe end of May after the draft where I was like, all right, Football can start anytime now, right? And here we are, finally. It's been a long summer, uh, a really long summer if you're a San Francisco Giants fan. And uh, <laughs> that's all you got to watch. Um, but uh, really long summer, um, really hot summer too. And uh, hopefully we get the boys back on the gridiron and uh, and the weather cools down a little bit. We get a little fall action happening. Yeah, man, I mean, I'm just stoked for football. Weather changing, that's good. I mean, honestly, we it's been great up here. I've been pretty lucky this whole summer um, with weather. But I just think that everyone always says, like, oh, it's the end of summer. And when you were a kid, that, yeah, that was a bummer. But now it's, like, the greatest thing ever. Like, okay, we have, like, a month left of September. It's still nice or whatever. And you start getting the cool off and start getting the sweater days and football's going. And then all of a sudden you're in October pumpkin spice lattes everywhere we got we got all the girls getting ready for some decorations on halloween i feel like that's always a push in the households and then all of a sudden we're talking about week eight and bye weeks and playoff pushes and it's gonna fly by so uh, i'm just gonna try and enjoy every single game including this the one tonight and man the first sunday of red zone is always just like special oh yeah scott hansen's voice the countdown clock realizing that it's been since what December no January since we've last seen the red zone countdown clock and like it's it the whole thing is so exciting uh you wouldn't be able to tell that it's September here in the uh the DMV it is I think a high of like 90 or it's like 90 degrees right now it was 97 earlier this week um dang man 
but uh, it's all right. It's all right because the cold, the cold weather will come. I'm enjoying the warmth while we still have it, and that doesn't mean that we still can't get excited about football. Uh, but no, it's it's the best feeling. Thursday night game tonight. Uh, by the time most of you guys are listening to this, uh, we will already have an answer. We will know uh, who won that game between Detroit and Kansas City. Uh, Travis Kelsey, his injury. Uh, we'll get into that when we pick the games, but just. This this season, there's so much excitement. I don't know if it's because I saw a stat uh, pop up on Twitter today. It's the first season since 1997 that either Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, or Tom Brady has not been in on an NFL roster. Let's go. I mean, 25 years of football with those three guys in our life, mainly Peyton and and. Tom, I think, are the two ones that really kind of stand out there. But look, it's 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 a new year. There's new excitement. There's so much talent around the league. When you look at, uh, and this is part of the reason why I wanted to pick our our top seven teams. You know, when you look at at the rosters around the league, everyone's got good wide receivers. Everyone has you know either an up and coming up and coming fun young quarterback or an established quarterback, or, you know, uh, there's rookie, there's just, there's so much fun and there's always going to be surprises. There's always going to be a team or two that we have, you know, marked in with, with permanent marker. This team's going to make the playoffs. They're going to win their division. And then they end up finishing third in their division out of nowhere. And, and that is the fun and the drama that is uh, the NFL football. I was having this conversation with a, a buddy of mine the other day. The, the reason and the NFL is so much better than anything else, right? Is we were talking about the demise of the Pac-12. And, and what sucks about that for a million different reasons is that the Pac-12 has something that very few conferences had in college football, and that is parody. It was always and is for this year. It's always fun watching Pac-12 after dark because anything can happen on any given week. But in college sports, we want to see the two best teams playing for the national championship at the end of the year, and that's where we we want that parity. The rest of college football, it's you have your haves and your have-nots and this big gap between the two, and you get these crappy blowouts throughout the year, and you get good games and chaos mixed up in between that we love college football for, but parity is not rewarded in college football or in the NBA or in a lot of other sports. But for the NFL, it is parity throughout the entire season. Any week, any team can go up. Malik Willis can make his first start against the Kansas City Chiefs and take him into overtime for a Kansas or a Tennessee team that looked like they were drowning. And I feel like now that Tom Brady's retired, it feels like this is now all right, a fresh start across the league, established stars, this young generation of quarterbacks who's come in and taken it over. And I'm more excited about this year, not just because we have football back, because we always get excited this time of year. I'm excited for the fact that this this season right now feels like we're kicking off the official start of the next era. You know, the era that replaces the last 15 to 20 years when we had the Drew Breeses and the Ben Roethlisberger's and the Tom Brady's and Peyton Manning's. And now it's the kids turn. It's the young kids turn. And I am just so excited. I think this year is going to be spectacular. Uh, And I think if you look at the AFC, it's like you can make the case for 10 teams, 12 teams in the AFC to potentially make the playoffs. Uh, and and trying to decipher that is going to be uh, is going to be tough. Um, so with that being said, let's start off with making our predictions. Uh, we're going to go. Do you guys want to do MVP and awards first, and then we'll do our playoff teams? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> All right, we'll start off here. 
Vito, we are going to start with you just like last year. I'm going to keep track of all of these. So we have our MVP right here. Who do you got, Vito, as the 2023 MVP? So, um, sorry, boys. Uh, so I'm actually going to go um, with someone who we all thought last year, Josh Allen. I'm going to stick on the Josh Allen train. He didn't burst out last year like we kind of thought he would have. Um, well, I mean, he still had a great season, don't get me wrong, but that I personally think that he's going to take that step up and, and really dominate this year for the full season. Mm, I like that pick. I, I do too. I, I, it's a great one because uh, as, as we'll see when we get to uh, my playoff predictions, I think the Bills, you know, might have something here. I think it's it's a time for them to to take the step forward, and they don't do that without Josh Allen. Are you going to pick Josh Allen as well, Scotty? No, I'm going to pick another guy who's uh, who's pretty good at quarterback, who's also in the AFC. His name is Russell. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> his name is uh, is uh, tried and true Patrick Mahomes. I, I see him just absolutely dominating again, uh, leading them to uh, another fantastic year uh, where they go deep into the uh, into the postseason. And, uh, you know, this is a uh, one of those picks where it's like uh, until I'm proven wrong. Uh, then fine. But Tom Brady was in that conversation every year. Peyton Manning was in that conversation every year. Those are two guys we just talked about at the top who are not in the league anymore. This is the guy who's come in and, uh, and changed the game for everybody else. I, I mean, I love that pick because it's, it's so tried and true at this point, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, if you look around FanDuel, a couple other places, you can get Mahomes MVP odds because it's going to drop to like plus 170, you know, after week two or week three, you know, you can still get pretty good odds on him to win the MVP right now. But if you go Kansas City to win the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes MVP, you get six to one odds. And I, to me, it's like, keep running that, keep running that until it stops paying off. You know, those two yeah, are DraftKings so- is Mahomes, uh, Opening is plus 650. Yeah. So there you go. Great You're odds. Getting, yeah. Six and a half to one just on, you know, just for MVP alone. I, you're, you're getting so much value, so much value for a dude who's just unbelievable. I, I, a part of me almost went a little off the board here, a little unique. I don't think I'm going to go with it, but I almost picked Christian McCaffrey. And the reason mm. is, is there are so many. I love you. <laughs> There are so many good quarterbacks, right? And there's a there's a feeling that when you're talking about MVP, are they going to cancel each other out, right? Are there is Mahomes going to have an even better season or be that much better than Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen or Lamar or Justin Herbert or any of these guys that any one of them is really going to stand out about the rest? But what if McCaffrey comes out and has you know fifteen hundred on the ground and eleven hundred in the air? You know, see a see a, a thousand and a thousand season. I don't know if we've ever seen that in the NFL. I tell you, we'd we'd have oh, a little yeah. jewelry in San Francisco at the end of that if that were the case. Could yeah. could be Vita. Do you know if that's ever happened? Yeah, yeah. Marshall uh, Marshall Falk did it. Marshall There's a couple Falk players. There's actually been a couple players since then in the last couple of years that you wouldn't you'd be surprised. Like I'll, I'll look that up and uh, let you guys know here. Yeah. Um. But again, if we have a situation where all the quarterbacks. I think Christian McCaffrey to win the MVP is like 22 to one or something crazy. So you can get super, super good value. But my pick for the 2023 MVP is going to be Lamar Jackson. Um, I think, and we're going to talk about this when we go into some of our, uh, you know, seating previews, the more I'm looking at this Baltimore offense and bringing in 
uh, Todd Munkin, like there is some serious change coming to this Baltimore offense. This isn't going to be the 31 personnel with three tight ends and Lamar's, you know, doing everything himself. He doesn't have an insane wide receiver room, but he's got a, a better wide receiver room than he's ever had. Still have Mark Andrews. The offensive line should be good. And it's going to be an offense that I don't think we've seen him run it. And I think because of that, I think defenses are going to be a little bit slow to figure out how to stop it. I think Lamar's in for a huge year. I think he he tags in his second MVP this season. I love the pick. So the two guys to do it before McCaffrey did it in 2019. I knew it happened recently. Oh, he, he did, did do it. Okay. But he, he joined Marshall Falk and yeah, Roger Craig way back in the day, Scotty. Oh, another yeah. Niners running back. Didn't, How about that? Didn't yeah. know that he did it. That's pretty impressive way back then. There you go. Uh, Would that have all been right. 88? So 85. Ah. 85. A little earlier than Scotty thought. Um, all right. So that's in for MVP. Offensive player of the year. Basically the best non-quarterback award. Uh, Scotty. Did I pre-curse I'm gonna roll. who your pick was? I, yeah, I'm going to roll with the guy who you thought uh, might have been the off uh, off quarterback MVP is uh, is Christian McCaffrey because um, I think at his best he takes the Niners to to heights that you know a, a, take us to places like the NFC Championship game um, and with everyone around him there's so many mouths to feed I think the argument would be that uh, there are too many players on that offense to to keep the ball. Uh, away from him to win an award like that. But that's what gets the team going is Christian McCaffrey. You saw how invigorated that offense was once he got to uh, San Francisco in week seven, I believe it was, against Kansas City last year. So uh, from that point on, it was it was a, a motor uh, that the likes of which we had not seen. And uh, that dynamic of a player in that Kyle Shanahan offense, I think uh, statistically uh, is going to be really good, but uh, does really good things for your football team as well in the long run. It's a solid one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good for the running back spot. I'm going to go receiver here. Um, not going to go JJ, which I think is probably the, the easy pick. But I'm actually uh, – man, I haven't watched too much hard knocks. I'm going Garrett Wilson. I'm going to say this dude has an insane Ooh. breakout year. And, uh, you know, if New York does well, talk about the press. This is a press award that's voted on, and his name will be everywhere if he blows up like we think he will with Aaron Rodgers. I love the rationale for that pick too. Um, I wonder, I mean, he won offensive rookie of the year last year. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think Justin Jefferson went offensive rookie of the year then to uh, off because he won it last year as offensive player of the year. Right. Um, And I think there was, yeah, it was two years in between. Yep. Um, But I love that pick. I love that pick a lot. Um, Wow. Yeah. Garrett Wilson. I have some fantasy stock in Garrett Wilson that I I, I would like him to, to pay off, which I, I told myself I wasn't going to do. And yet that's, that's the way <laughs> fantasy works. Right. Um, I'm going to go also wide receiver. Cause it feels like that is the way to go. I, I wanted to do CMC. The reason I'm not picking him for MVP or uh, offense player of the year is because I think the injury thing is real deal. He already seems to be kind of banged up going into the season, which, um, you can always tell, right? If if someone's in good shape and they're healthy, it's it's always leveled up. You're like, oh, he's in the best shape of his life, right? That's always the art, the thing you hear people say. Um, I don't know if we're going to see Chris McCaffrey for a full 17 games. Uh, history tells us we're probably not going to. So because of that, I'm going to take one of the most dynamic players in the NFL, a player who I don't think has ever won this award before, Tyree Kill. For the Miami Dolphins. Um, Hmm. I think even if we lose Tua for a a certain amount of games here or there due to injury, 
Uh, Mike White is a better backup than they've had there in the past when two has went down. I think Mike White is going to be, and I think Tyree kill he's dead set on this 2000 yard season. He wants 2000. He wants to get over that benchmark. Uh, the last time we saw a player do that was Cooper cup, right? A couple of years ago, uh, he had the triple crown and uh, I believe one offensive player of the year that year as well. I think Tyree kill follows in his footsteps and I have Tyreek winning offensive player of the year uh, defensive player of the year. This one pains me. This one pains me. Oh, I know why. <laughs> I think it's one of the best defenses in the NFL. And I think it's the most electrifying defensive player in the NFL right now. And that is Micah Parsons. And I'm pretty sure I picked him to win last year and he was right up there in the voting. Um, but this is a like he's he's already been a freak in his first two years in the NFL. We know how ridiculous he is. This feels like the year where it's like whatever the c- ceiling is or, or the close to the best version of him we're going to see with youth and explosiveness, no injuries mixed with a little bit more experience. I think this is the year where we see just absolute freakazoid numbers out of Micah Parsons on a really, really good defense. Uh, and, and it's secondary. That's going to give him time to get after the, uh, the quarterback. So I'm taking Micah Parsons for defensive player of the year. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a, a move that uh, may be unprecedented. I uh, would have to get stats and info. I don't know how many guys have gone back to back, but my boy just signed big money contract. Nikki B and the boys, little bear, is gonna come back and win the Uh We got them all uh, on the on the Niners, and uh, and now's the time to uh, to express that. So Two. three guys, three guys have done it. Trevor Lawrence. It's Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> Close. This is a flu game. Sorry, boys. Uh, JJ Watt and Aaron Donald. So um, two have happened pretty recently. Definitely, definitely, especially defensive linemen. Uh, I like the pick there, Scotty. He's young. He's great. I'm going to go a little different, and it's it's pretty rare for someone in the secondary to go ahead and get it. And this may be a homer pick, but I'm going to go Pat Sertan. Second. Mm. I, I really think if he goes off and we are in some games where we're going to they're gonna have to throw a little more than they did last year, um, listen, he's been a stud. He's up there in that upper echelon of corners. And, uh, listen, man, I, I think he's got the swag and I just believe in the guy. So, um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Pat Sertan for the Denver Broncos. Nice. I, I, I had another, I, go ahead. I had another cornerback ahead of him. I had, I saw Gardner on my list as a, as a potential, uh, ad. Yeah. I mean, we saw Stefan Gilmore do it. The case to be made, which is funny because it's kind of both of those teams is, those are two of the teams that are in flux, right? Those are two of the teams that some people think are going to make, you know, the postseason, and and they're two teams that could be good, and they could both end up not making the postseason, or one could or the other. Um, but in order for you to be in this category, you have to be at a certain level of wins as a team, right? Like it's you have to be good enough that you're elevating the team. So this is also a bet on the Broncos, right? If the Broncos are a 10-11 win team and Pat Sertan is the best cornerback in football, which he very well might be. Uh, I like that pick, and I guarantee you, I don't know what the odds are, but I guarantee you you're going to get ridiculous value uh, out of that. Uh, offensive Rookie of the Year. Who wants to take Bichon. that? <laughs> I'm just going with the easy pick. I'm going with Bijan yeah. Robinson. Listen, man, it's it's hap- it just it feels like the rookies who come out, you go receiver – uh, but I don't think any of these guys are bona fide getting drafted and like the number one guy automatically. Like we saw out of Garrett Wilson last year, right? Like I think it's going to be a little different this year. Even Juju or uh, Juju, uh, even um, 
uh, Seattle guy who just got drafted. Jackson first Smith round. and Jigba. Smith Jackson, and Jigba. Thank yeah. you. So it's like, even his situation is a lot different. I'm gonna personally just go with Bijan. It's it's the safe pick for sure. But with rookies, I'll, I'll take safe. I don't know what the hell is going on. The draft picks are 50 percent anyway. So who the hell knows? Yeah, and you look at <laughs> you look at that that team. The you, Jeff just touched on it. The the reason these awards get won is because you've elevated the play of your team. I think Bijan does that instantly when he hits Atlanta. Uh, with as much as they've upgraded on offensive line and defense. Uh, and I think he takes that team to another level and potentially uh, as, as I alluded to in the, uh, in our, our divisional previews, potentially winning the division because uh, that division is wide open. Uh, that's a great pick veto. I'm going to take a guy in the same division uh, who got drafted number one overall. That's Bryce young, the quarterback out of Alabama. Who's now with the Carolina Panthers. I just think that uh, because that division is so wide open uh, on, with Frank Reich as, a, as his head coach, that offense is going to look, uh, and feel a lot different than it has uh, over the past few years. I think he opens it up a little bit. I think he's got enough weapons now. He's got a veteran receiver to rely on with Adam Thielen. He's got Jonathan Mingo there, who's a rookie receiver as well, coming out of the same class, who I think they can have a really good connection. That offensive line got better. That defense, I think, is undervalued. And I think Bryce Young makes that team uh, into something uh, a lot more than we we think that they're capable of right now. Uh, I Look, I... I like Bryce Young's future better than I like him to win this award this year. I mean, I know there's a, there's a, there was a lot of concern around how that offense looked in the preseason. I think they'll figure it out come come year end, but uh, I think Chicago is going to be very happy that they have Carolina's first round draft pick this year. Um, that being said, I'm going with another quarterback who was drafted in the first round this year, and I'm going to take C.J. Stroud. Um, I, I, I was higher on Houston than I was on Indy Vito and I had a great pot about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think there's enough there. I think he's going to put up like impressive numbers for a rookie, but nothing that's going to be like earth shattering. Um, I think Bijan, I can just already see like week one, you're like Bijan gets like 10 touches in the backfield and they're lining them up in the slot and Desmond Ritter's not throwing him the ball and they're handing the ball off to Tyler Algier uh, like crazy. I just think as a whole, I, the smart pick is Bijan. No question. I think he's the best one. I think he's the most likely one to win. Um, but if you want to make some money and, and be a little different, I like CJ Stroud. I think he's going to have a good year. And I also really like Nico Collins. And I think he's one of those guys that people have kind of been sleeping on. Uh, and they're, those guys are going to grow together. John Mechie's in. Uh, and Robert Woods is a decent wide receiver room. Dalton Schultz. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and you love to your point. <laughs> there's a lot of guys lower down that like maybe went to your call, like any skill player, even like, even if they're lower down, they can get rookie of the year. Now, usually it's these first round guys, like the last few Garrett Wilson, Jamar Chase, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Saquon, right? Those are like top tier top draft guys. So even though you might love those guys with value down low, history says, it's going to be a first rounder. Yeah. Yeah. So especially with the skill guys and, and it's likely to be um, it's likely to be a running back. I mean, I think Jameer Gibbs is another guy you're going to put in this conversation. The one thing yeah. with Jameer and, and they've already, you know, been very vocal about, you know, he's the GM was on Peter Schrager's podcast uh, back around. I was like right after the draft. And, um, and he said, you know, right out, just right out of the gate. It was just like, he's a positionless player. And they're going to use him that way. Uh, the one concern I have is David Montgomery is going to get 
all of those goal line touches. So and all of those Jamal Williams touchdowns last year, they're not going to Jameer Gibbs. They're going to go to uh, David Montgomery this year, which again, for fantasy, if you, if you haven't done your draft by now, you're not doing a fantasy league, but you know, I mean, take a look, peek on the uh, free agency market. He might be there for you. Um, defensive rookie of the year. This I'm going to start. I, I was, I'm going to start with this one. It's going to be Jalen Carter. Um, oh, I, that's shocking. I, uh, hey, I just picked a cowboy to win defensive player. Yeah. <laughs> I almost took Christian true, McCaffrey. Yeah. Okay, let's not. That's I'm good. not. This yeah. is not biased. This is. I believe firmly that we have steadfast rules in life and in sports, and then there are people who come in and are the outliers. Right? They're the they're the thing that proves the rule and um, the exception that proves the rule. And to me. I've always said for interior defensive linemen, it takes to that third season usually for your body to develop, to get used to that pace. Uh, and then you have some guys who come in and, and, and upset that mold, and they are the outliers. And I think Jalen Carter is an outlier. I think he's going to be really, really dynamic. And the thing that he benefits from that no other interior defensive lineman who get drafted that high typically get is being surrounded by a ton of talent along the defensive line. You're going to have Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat. Hassan Reddick had 18 and a half sacks last year. Josh Sweat had 11. Brandon Graham had 10 sacks. Uh, you know, Derek Barnett's still out there doing good. You're going to have Jordan Davis on the other side. He's going to get the benefit of the doubt by getting a lot of one-on-one matchups. I think it's very conceivable. He comes in seven and a half, eight and a half sacks, is really good in the run deep game. And I don't know if there's another clear cut like <laughs> player that you'd say like, uh, you know, Tyree Wilson, maybe, you know, if he, if he's a really, really explosive edge rusher and has a good rookie year, but typically he's kind of similar to like Kayvon Thibodeau last year. It's going to take him a little bit. I think Jalen Carter's the pick I'm rolling with him to be defensive player of the year. Nice. Nice. I'm I'm uh I'm going a little different. You're the corner, baby. I'm going Christian Gonzalez. I'm not even Damn gonna it. go ahead and say Devin <laughs> Willerspoon. I listen, you're a corner, um, and you're going to learn under Bill Belichick. Uh, chances are you're gonna start hot. He had four picks last year. I could see him in the slot, especially in having a uh, role in that defense where he gets a number of interceptions. And uh due to that, I think he like statistically will be up there, have a good year, and uh, he's tall enough to play with the big guys. If he can keep up, um, I really, really think that uh, he's going to be a name that we're talking about a lot towards the end of the year in that probably top 10 corner maybe. Um, and, and if you're in that category, you're pretty damn good. So that, That's an one, excellent pick. I, I've got one other uh, honorable mention. It was between him and Jack Campbell. Those are my those are my two. Um, really like him. Guy to Iowa playing for Dan Campbell and is just a huge line. He's like 6'6". He's massive. So um, you're going to see him. He's going to jump out on tape. It's going to be fun. Great Christian Gonzalez pick. Uh, you can also minds, pick him. You can also pick him, Scotty. We haven't had a <laughs> yeah. single no, repeat, so if you want him. No, because my, my justification was exactly that. It was it was a guy who I was down on, but I think is in the absolute perfect system for him um, under Bill Belichick. He's going he's gonna to hide for the first few weeks in that defense, but he's going to start jumping off the screen uh, after the first couple of weeks, like Vito said. Uh, I'll go. I'll go different just for the for the sake of context because I have a uh, a uh, a list of folks here. It's another cornerback who uh, went a little later than I think most expected. I think he was a he might have been late first round, early second round. Emmanuel Forbes is playing his face off in Washington. Uh, that dude was so undervalued as a cornerback coming out of Mississippi State. 
Uh, he's got the length. He's got the speed. He's got the coverage ability. I think he is a guy who, on a really good, uh, what I think is a really good defense already, elevates them to another level in his first year. There has been a lot of Emmanuel Forbes buzz. There has been. Um, and and what I like about him and similar to, I think, Christian Gonzalez to even more of an extent, they're not being asked to be the number one corner right away. Uh, and you can throw Devin Witherspoon in there too, who was the first cornerback yeah. taken off the board, Opposite who I think Tariq, is yeah. who I think is going to be really, really good in Seattle. I think any three of them, uh, you can get some good value there uh, as well. So, uh, and then that brings us to our last award, Coach of the Year, uh, and because I think we all agree, Comeback Player of the Year is going to be Demar Hamlin, no matter what. Uh, as it should be. If you be. don't give him that award, uh, you you just go go away. I I honestly Adele. though I will say this: I wish there was like. It's such a unique case. Like, yes, he deserves that award. I almost wish they give out two. Like, yes, Tamar, but who else? Like, because it, it should be like a, an different. achievement award yes. or something. Almost, you right? Know? Like, I feel like it's bigger yeah. than a comeback player award. And it was like, it's not like he was it tore his hamstring. Obviously, he's extremely injured and had a rehab back. Don't get me wrong. But like, yeah, yeah it was so much bigger than this award, right? It doesn't feel yeah. like it's on par for sure. I, I agree. I do agree. But I do think, again, I think Don't that give it you can, yeah, yeah you, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's minus odds right now, like at the start of the season, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, if they did give him like a separate award or whatever, I would throw out Tua. I think, I think if Tua stays healthy for 16, yeah. 17 games, he'll throw for a million fucking yards and that offense and team will be really, really hard to stop. Um, especially if we get to a point where there's like a, you know, Jonathan Taylor trade or something, or, you know, you know, it's like Kareem Hunt is still a free agent. Like why isn't Miami bringing in Kareem Hunt to be their lead back? I, there are no, there's some things there I don't get, but uh, I guess they like their rookies, Uh, but coach of the year. This one is interesting because I think so much of it's going to depend on, and this will be a good transition into us picking our playoff teams here. It's so much is going to depend on how the season plays out the storyline, what happened last year, uh, you can pretty much like rule out Andy Reid. Uh, I guess there's a chance Belichick could be in that mix too. But like the old classic could. guys, um, you know, Sirianni last year didn't even. I forget who won last year. Brian Dable. Brian Dable. Dable win. That's right. Think about yeah, um, big turnarounds to your point. Yeah, that's yeah. big turnarounds. Or you know, you know, there's a couple of guys out there who who might slide in there. So, uh, Vito, who do you have for Coach of the Year? Oh man. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go, uh, can we, Scott, I literally, my instinct to say Sean Payton. I know. I knew you, I was going to say, yeah, I, I just want like, cause that's what I think of. Um, I'm going to go Doug Peterson Mm. and the Jacksonville Jaguars make a deep run, um, which they did last year. I think they're going to improve. Um, I, I honestly thought his year to win it was last year. I'm surprised he didn't, um, that, that's probably maybe it. I would love to see a guy even like Pete Carroll get it if they do well again. But to your point, it's usually not the teams that sustain good play. It's someone that's going to flip it. So Robert Salah is probably, to me, the pick that would uh, would like uh, where I'd put my money. I like that. I like that. All right. Scotty's shaking his head. You can I got to go back to took, the drawing board. No, he took Take Doug it, man. Peterson. Took, yeah. He took Doug yeah. Peterson. So you can, you oh, can yeah. have Robert Salah. I was going to say Salah. I think that that's a guy who gets this team, not only that, but the talent. But I think uh, his his coaching ability will help get this team uh, into the postseason. Barely, but into the postseason. I'm stuck between two. 
and it's a pair of mics. I mean, the third, and ironically, the third one I was thinking is also a mic. Uh, Mike McDaniel, I think, is the one I have right on the outside. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of like the idea of going Vrabel or Mike Tomlin. I, I think Mike Tomlin, somebody who, who has definitely not gotten, McCarthy, definitely not <laughs> McCarthy. Uh, I, I think Mike Tomlin is is one of those like. I think Pittsburgh's going to be good, man. Like I really do. I, the more I'm hearing about Kenny Pickett, the stories out of camp, the way the teammates are talking about him, they have a ton of talent across the offensive lines, taking a better step and that defense should be good. The only thing yeah. that can potentially kill them is that they're playing in a really, really tough division. So if they finish right at that nine and eight mark, I mean, I know last year we saw it with, uh, you know, Dayball, but that again, that was a transformation. The Steelers went nine and eight last year. Like that's like, that doesn't feel like that much of an improvement. Um, yeah. Even though the team itself but might be significantly better. They didn't get a bone because the schedule not only is the division they play in, but they play the NFC West. So yeah. they got to play the Niners and the Seahawks. That's two more games that you get uh, against really good teams. And that's week one for the 49ers is in Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh. Just, just a quick stat for you. This is the first time since 1978 Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, since 1990, that a coach of the year uh, won with nine wins or fewer um, doesn't happen often. You can't. I don't count like Bruce Arians won it, but he didn't. He was a fill-in. He was nine and three. But point is, usually to your point, it's it's a high win team. Yeah, it's, like 15 it's, it's, and one, 12, Day, 14. coaches. Dayball coaches team to 17 one possession wins. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I feel it's, like it's it's, it's it, it is crazy. Uh, my official pick. And I'm, it's so funny because I just went back and I was looking at like my, our predictions from like a month ago and just how much like I've just been doing so much research getting in. Like I've completely flip flopped on so many different things already. <laughs> I'm going to go Mike Tomlin. I, I, oh, I wow. To me, I think Mike Tomlin, I think there's a chance the, uh, the Steelers play as of now, at least the seventh easiest schedule projected for this season. Um, despite the fact that, yes, they are playing it tough, but they do in terms of the other AFC games they get a little bit of a break there. I'm going to take Mike Tomlin. I think, I think Pittsburgh uh, shocks some people. I think Mike Tomlin does it. All right. So with that, let's make our playoff picks. We'll start in the NFC because I think the NFC is uh, surprising. I don't know. They're both hard to pick, but for two completely different reasons, but we'll start with the NFC Uh, veto floor is yours. Who do you have as your number one seed? in the NFC. All right. So I got, um, Oh, that's, that's why I, I actually just did division winners. And then I, here we go. Let me scroll. Well, here, actually, this before we do that, bracket. I will, I, I will, bracket. yeah, I will, ahead. I will say, so I went back and I tracked every, all of our predictions in terms of just what our, what we thought their records would be in the over under pods. Uh, we all had Buffalo winning the division. We all had Philadelphia winning their division. We all had Cincinnati we all, uh, Scotty had Minnesota. Vito and I took Detroit. We all took Jacksonville. Scotty and Vito took Atlanta. I uh, know, sorry, me and uh, Scotty took Atlanta. Vito took Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we all took Kansas City and we all took St. Louis. So, or San Francisco. Sorry, no St. Louis. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> um, so, with that being said, we did say we are reserving the right to change our minds from what we talked about. Uh, just about a month and a half ago, <laughs> if we want. Correct. <laughs> so one seed in the NFC. I have the Eagles. All right. Vito going with the birds, number one. Scotty? 
Yeah, I'm I'm there with them. I think you know the Niners' schedule is tough. Uh, so is the Eagles. That division's not going to be easy, but I think they're better equipped right now to to solidify the one seed. <clears throat> Based off of my win loss record, I did have the Eagles as the one seed as well, but I think I think it's going to be tough, and I think the Eagles have too hard of a schedule. It, it's so hard. I, I'm gonna stick with Philly. Um, I think they end up with that one seed, um, but there's going to be a lot of close games and like Dallas, San Francisco could just as easily be the one seed, uh, two seed for you, Scotty, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Same here. Yep. Yeah. And, and those, uh, those can, those can interchange however you like. <laughs> those how, two. Yeah. However you want to mix it around. Um, kind of want to fuck around to do something crazy don't do it fuck i'm gonna do it. i'm gonna take detroit i <laughs> were close for me actually that's good. i i think detroit's offense is going to be stupid good i think ben johnson is arguably the best offensive coordinator in football i think the offense is going to be better than it was last year i think the defense should be better on paper and they have a significantly easier schedule uh than san francisco philly or dallas so i'm gonna take detroit as the two seed Uh, three seed. Now I'm going to put the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are still going to be really good. Um, I think them in Seattle, I have them both finishing with the same record. I have them both going 11 and six. Uh, and to my point earlier, I need to see a full season of Brock Purdy. And, uh, I think there could be some struggles early on. I think one of those losses might come in week one preview for our, uh, a preview to the preview a little bit, uh, veto three seed in the NFC. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, baby. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Three seeded. You have them higher than whoever I, I've you have changed my win loss from, from losing uh, a losing record to now they have a winning one in the last couple of weeks. I've gotten real high on Baker. So uh, I'm pretty stoked for this offense. Baked on Baker. Uh, no, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the Vikings, my NFC North division pick. Uh, I just think the, the gang is mostly back together. I think that defense. Uh, has a, a bit to go. That was their Achilles heel. But a full year with with Cousins, TJ Hawkinson, uh, and J.J. Watt. And on the other side of, of uh, J.J. Watt, J., uh, Justin Jefferson. I was thinking J.J. in my head. Yeah. Um, and on the other side of Jefferson is, uh, is a, a really solid rookie who I think should be in the conversation for uh, offensive rookie of the year, and that's Jordan Addison. Um, so mm. uh, those that, that offense looks really good. Um, and and I think it keeps them in a lot of games like it did last year. I think they end up winning the division. They end up three seed for me. All right. Four seed. Scotty, we'll go right back to you. We'll snake it. Right back to me. Uh, a surprise division winner uh, in a division that's wide open. That is the Atlanta Falcons making their triumphant return to postseason play. Nice. I got the Lions uh, on that four. Detroit. And I'm going to agree with Scotty here. I think I think uh, Atlanta sneaks out that division. I think New Orleans is going to be slightly better than probably most people are talking about. Uh, th- that defense, too, especially. And uh, when you look at their schedule, I mean, it is one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. And, um, yeah, they do not play a lot of really, really good quarterbacks. I think the defense is going to be good. Um but I think Atlanta has enough. I, I think they have way more weapons on offense. 
And I think they're going to be able to run the clock out. I have a feeling they're going to win close games. But again, you're picking Desmond Ritter over Derek Carr, which um, feels like the wrong pick. But if the upside of Desmond Ritter hits and he's grown as much as it seems like he has, and that's what all the reports have been saying, uh, I think Desmond Ritter could be could be really good. All right, the wild card seeds. I'm going to start off here with a bit another wild card. I have the Seattle Seahawks as the five seed. Uh, I think Seattle's going to come into another really, really good season. I think their defense is going to take another step. I think they're going to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, offensively, especially once Jackson Smith and Jigba gets back, between Kenneth Walker and uh, Zach Charbonnet in that backfield, the offensive line was good and young, uh, and they have depth at offensive line, which is rare to see in the NFL. Uh, I I really like Seattle, and everything obviously hinges on what happens with Geno Smith, but I think Seattle is going to is gonna be a really, really good team there. I have them as the five seed. Uh, I got Dallas. Uh, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, just they're going to have a high win total. Yeah, same. I, and I don't yeah. think they win the division. I think the Eagles are too good. They they have a higher win total, probably by one, than uh, than Seattle. Is that who you had for two, Scotty? For the second wild card, yeah, I have yeah. Seattle in the sixth seed. Yeah. Okay, that's right. I have the Vikings there. Um, at number two, I just think that they're still going to be a good team. Um, I just think the Lions are going to have a special year, and Minnesota's going to average out from last year and uh, probably be again over five hundred for sure, but in that wild card spot. Uh, I in the sixth seed. The New York football giants. Over uh, Dallas for you, huh? Over Dallas. Now, I was going to save this because I, I, I'm i going I, – I, I might have to flip a coin, but I'm going to probably have Dallas as my seventh seed. And I've heard a few really compelling cases about why people expect this offense to just all of a sudden continue. In the four years that Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator for Dallas, they were a top-four offense. And you send that guy, the guy who is largely responsible for developing Brack, uh, Dak Prescott, the guy who has been Dak Prescott's best friend in the building. You you fire him and send him off to now let Mike McCarthy run that offense. I think the offense is likely to take a big step back. CeeDee Lamb gets talked about like he's a top 10 wide receiver. I think he's at the bubble at best, especially after this year when we see some guys like Garrett Wilson and other people blow up. Uh, he might be top 10. He's in that little bubble. Brandon Cook's health injuries concern. They lose, you know, at least a reliable tight end. People like Shoemaker. We'll see what happens. Uh, and I think they're going to lose something having Zeke there, too. I think this offense takes a step back. I'm going to have them as the seven seed. But I believe in Brian Dable. I believe in what he is as a coach. I think between Wink Martindale being as good of a defensive coordinator as he is, mixed with such a sound, smart, Overall, just set it and forget it kind of head coach. Like you just know he's going to come in week in, week out with that team prepared. I think the Giants are going to be good. I think they're going to be hard to play. I think they can get to that 11, 10 to 11 win kind of zone. And I think that'll be good. If they get 10 wins, that sh- that'll be good enough to get them to succeed. Uh, and depending on how things go with Dallas, if they end up with sim- similar records, they could be ahead. So I'm taking the Giants followed up with the Dallas Cowboys. Who do you have? Yeah, last last spot. Seven, uh, seven is your uh, your two seed, Jeff. That's the Detroit Lions that make the, their return back to the playoffs for the first time in six hundred years. 
I just think that that their offense is so good and their defense is, is super dynamic as well. They're they're gonna be in the conversation when it comes down to December. And when it comes to legume gotten cutting time for Dan uh Dan Campbell and the boys, uh better believe Detroit's gonna be ready to play those big games. My seven Seattle surrounded out with them. Yeah, still a good team. All right. For the most part, we're all kind of in the same boat. Uh I didn't have Minnesota. Uh, there's a few that were kind of floating around. I was the only one to have the Giants making the playoffs. Um, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, there's a few that are in or out. But, um, you know, it's important to remember that every single year there's going to be anywhere from three to six teams that didn't make the playoffs the year before who did make it in three to six teams that didn't did make it and then won't the following year. Uh, let's switch over to the AFC. AFC, again, we have our top seven teams making the postseason here who is your number one overall seed this year scotty it's gonna be the kansas city chiefs um and this again is is prove it until uh until you can and look i think it's it's gotten a lot closer at the top um but i still think it's it's closer in that very next tier underneath kansas city than it is to them those three or four teams getting to the top uh, of of the uh, of the conference, and so Kansas City's number one for me. <clears throat> I've got the Bills. Um, I think it's close. I think they're they're tight. I just think they're going to take that final step this year. It's really close last year. You know, that, a couple of games there, the game that they played was big, but still, yeah, I think uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Bills. I like that you zagged on this veto because I also want to take somebody different than Kansas City. I think the Chris Jones thing is going to be a real problem. If he ends up missing the first, he said he's willing to sit out for eight games. Travis Kelsey might end up missing week one, could potentially miss another week after that. Um, That's true. And and people are talking about this defense like it's as good as it was last year. Chris Jones is the core of that defense. Outside of Chris Jones, who had, you know, double digit sacks as an interior defensive lineman, there's not a ton of guys that scare you. If Travis Kelsey is, is now a question, that is really concerning. Uh, and no Chris Jones, I'm going to say that the Baltimore Ravens shocked the world and the Baltimore Ravens end up as the number one overall seed. Um, I love it. Part of that is tied into my Lamar Jackson MVP thing. I think this offense is just going to be dynamic as hell. I think the defense is okay. Once Marlon Humphrey gets back, you know, it'll get better. I think they'll struggle a little bit defensively in the first few games, but John Harbaugh is a damn good coach. Uh, and I think they're a sleeping giant. So I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens as the number one overall seed. Then I will take the Kansas City Chiefs after them. I think it'll be a game or two. So, but I still think Kansas City is going to win 12 games. Right. Um, but I think Baltimore could be at that 13 win zone uh, in the AFC. I, I have the Chiefs to, uh, at number two as well. Bill's just over for me, but same reason as you. They're going to be up there. Scotty, you're uh, muted. Oh, amateur. Got, <clears throat> We've done this yeah. 200 plus times now, Scotty. <laughs> 203 to be exact. Happens to the best and, of uh, us. And so it won't happen on the 204th through the 406th. So don't worry about it. Uh, I've got uh, I've got Buffalo at two. I, 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 those honestly could be interchanged because they play each other uh, again. Um, so whoever wins that game, I think, is, is going to be the clear-cut one. All right. Uh Trying to see here. We got so so you had Buffalo two, Scotty? Buffalo two, yeah. Kansas City one, Buffalo two. Uh 
I have the Buffalo Bills third. Okay. Uh, I think that I think the Bill. I think it's going to be like two games that separate one through three, and the AFC. I really think it's going to be that close. I think this defense is going to be really, really good this year. The more I've looked into it, um, I, I think they're going to be really, really dynamic. I think it's going to be a ton of fun to watch. Uh, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills as the three seed. Uh, I think in some iteration, we're going to see those three teams at the top. It's fun. I have the same thing with you inverted because I have the Ravens at three. Yeah. Um, but I, I think for the same reasons you said, I, I have them having a great year this year. Scotty. Number three, I'm. I don't want to piggyback off of your hot take, but I think the Baltimore Ravens fuck around and win that division. Um, wow. I, I, I just, I, I think that you're right there about the offense. I think it's as as dynamic as it's ever going to be, or that we've ever seen. And that defense is sneaky, nasty, man. Like it's sneaky, not, not even sneaky. It's just nasty. It's if, flat out nasty. It, if. They're healthy. I think they can. Yeah. And and there's a couple of ifs. Health is one of them, but they need those young pass rushers that they've invested in to take a step forward. I think that offense yeah. that, that offense is just gonna be they're gonna run the ball like crazy. They're gonna run the ball, they're gonna throw the ball in ways that we but haven't they find, seen. Yeah, exactly. And they're gonna create they finally have some people to throw to. Yeah. I just think it's gonna create so much space for Lamar that he's never had. Everything with that that 31 personnel is so congested and so tight. I think this allows them to open up a little. Uh, all right, and then we all picked Jacksonville to win. Are we sticking with that? I am. I have yeah. that four. Yep. I am too. Yeah. I this to me, and I've just started backpedaling in this recently. I kind of want to take Tennessee because this is like the classic. No one believe. Everyone forgot about us. Tannehill is no, but it's like Tannehill can be fine. It's good enough to win a division. If Jacksonville's not as good as we thought. I mean, they barely made the playoffs last year, and then they had the insane comeback against the Chargers. Like, it wouldn't shock me if Jacksonville doesn't make the playoffs this year, but I think they will. I think the offense is going to be really dynamic, uh, and I think we see Josh Allen we know is a stud on the defensive side of the ball. I think Trayvon Walker, you're the number one overall pick, this is the time he's got to show why he was that guy. So I'm, I am going to stick with Jacksonville, but I think they are the four seed. All right, the wild cards are where this gets really fucking hard. Um, <laughs> this could go any myriad of ways because there's so many teams you can make cases for, and there's still still some really, really, really good teams left. So, uh, Vito, we'll start with you. Who do you have as our first wild card? The Jets. Ooh, all right. I'm going with the New York Jets. I think Aaron Rodgers puts this team on a whole different category they score 25 points, they'll have 10 wins. I, I think it's pretty, probably that simple. 25 points per game, they'll get 10 wins, and they'll be above this spot. I don't think it's going to be all sunshines and rainbows, though. I mean, they are going to have some some trouble still, but that's a good enough team to get to, get to the playoffs. All right. Yeah. What about you, there's, Scott? There's a, there's a big game on October. Oh, oh, we're on the, on the five seed, yeah? Yep. Okay, then I'll save my spiel. Five seed is going to be the Bengals. They're going to have the highest record um, coming out of a tough division. Um, and I think that, like, again, it comes down to, to a, 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 a bounce here or there against uh, against Baltimore in those games, a bounce here or there against Cleveland. Like, uh, that's that's going to make the, the biggest difference in their uh, in their season. And I think they have a high record, but they, they end up as the wild card team out of the NFC North. I also have Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati. I think it's a, it's an awesome defensive coordinator. I know they lost both safeties. Uh, 
honestly, if you're going to lose two position players um, on a defense, like safety is probably the, the the one place I would most want to do that. They're still stacked everywhere else. Uh, that defensive line's really, really good. Uh, they're physical. And I think Joe Burrow and that offense, I mean, who knows? Like, I think it's going to be a slightly slow start for them, which could cost them the division with Joe Burrow not being 100% healthy. Um, and I think a couple of tough games between them and Baltimore is going to decide it. So I've since he is the five seed. Uh, the six seed, Vito. I have the Bengals there. So uh, just like you guys, I'm, I'm pretty high on them. All right. Scotty? Muted again. This is this is where the uh, the the spiel happens. There's going to be a big game on October the eighth in 2023 at Mile High Field in Denver, Colorado, between the Jets and the Broncos, and the winner of that gets the sixth seed, and it's going to be the Denver Bronco. Let's go, Scotty. Let's go. Oh, oh. I love it. I like that. Uh, you know, I'm not going to pick that, but I, I like the rationale. There's going to be a lot of games like that in the AFC this year where the winner of that is going to have down the line implications. I can already see it in my head now going through the scenarios in like week 16 and 17. Well, if this team beats this team and here and here and based off of the win loss records and the head to head. Oh, that playoff be- machine that ESPN yeah. has. I love doing it every it. year. It's gonna I love when so they bring good. the guy in who does like the polls. Steve Karnacki. Karnacki. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. is, I was like, dude, I haven't seen you in like, uh, like three years, whatever it's been. This is amazing. Yeah. I'm so glad yeah. he comes around for that. Khaki Kornacki on Sunday Night Football. <laughs> uh, my sixth seed is the Miami Dolphins. Right. I am a big fan of Mike McDaniel. I think there's so many weapons. Tua supposedly is coming in like 10, 15 pounds heavier this year, uh, which hopefully for durability reasons will help him. Um, there's so much dynamics on that offense, but the thing that will get them there, the thing that will get them past the jets, the thing that will get them past the Broncos, the thing that will get them past the chargers is going to be their defense. Vic Fangio is a walking top 10 defense everywhere. He goes, he brings stout, physical, smart defenses, and there's a shitload of talent. I know Jalen Ramsey's missing the, the majority of the first part of the regular season, but by the time he gets back week nine, week 10, he's going to be a really good addition to that defense. Uh, so I have Miami. I think Tua stays healthy for most of the season, and I think they get the job done. I think they're a really tough matchup for teams like the Jets, um, which is why I have them in over the Jets. And that brings us to our seven seed. Who gets the last spot in the AFC playoffs? My Broncos. Uh, so I put us at seven. I, I wanted to be conservative, but we're making it. We're making it. Sean Payton, baby. Do like your it. magic. We need it. <laughs> Scotty? This might be controversial because I'm uh, no stranger to hating uh, this person, uh, this quarterback on this podcast, but I think things in the AFC East uh, end up where the the Patriots and, and the Miami Dolphins get left out because they beat each other up enough. But the, te- the, uh, the group that benefits from that is the NFC North. And I think the Cleveland Browns, if they stay healthy – if Deshaun Watson plays to the level that he is played, he's capable of playing of on the field. So I'm not yeah, yeah, want to yeah. get into the yeah. Uh, and Nick Chubb stays healthy. That defense is disgusting good. 
at all three levels. I think they sneak into the playoffs. I like it. I I, I mean, look, I disagree because I think everything out of Cleveland has been that Deshaun hasn't looked great. But if he finds the rhythm, that defense should be really good. And obviously, you still have a great running game, if nothing else, and that could be enough. It's funny you said uh, AFC North because I'm also taking an AFC North teams. And uh, that team, the last wildcard spot with the coach of the year will be the Pittsburgh Steelers. The right. Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, a, a month and a half ago when we started our preview, I had them uh, breaking the re- the uh, the loss record the, or the winning season record for the first time, the under 500 record, and I'm changing my tune on that. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's really good. Kenny Pickett looked phenomenal in the preseason, and there's not a lot you can glean from it, but there's a comfortability there. That defense should be really, really good. The offense has a ton of skill, guys. Uh, I think we know how the AFC North cannibalizes each other every single year. So that's going to happen again. Cleveland will beat Cincy and Cincy will beat Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh will beat Baltimore and it'll all circle around. But the out of conference for Pittsburgh, I think really benefits them. And I think they find a way through a couple of hard fought wins uh, into that seven seed. But because of that, let's talk about the teams we left out because I don't have the jets making the playoffs. Scotty doesn't have the Jets making the playoffs, which I think ultimately is a disappointment. None of us took the Chargers yeah, to make that, the playoffs this year. Nuts. Which I think, you know, midseason, they're, they're you know, four and seven, and Brandon Staley gets fired, and they say, hey, Kellen Moore, just lead the team for halfway through the season, I think is very realistic, very possible. Um, who else did we leave out here? Um I have Miami. You guys didn't have Miami making the playoffs. Uh, New England is a team that people like to kind of flirt around there as a team that could make the postseason. Um, nobody took the Chargers. I think, I, I guess that's it. Because um, all we have, in some form or fashion, all four of the AFC North teams making the playoffs between the three of us. <laughs> that's um, so great. Which feels about right. Which feels about right. But, hey, that is the beauty. No Tennessee. No one bit the bullet on Tennessee. And Mike Vrabel... Again, more yeah. more fodder for 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 Mike Vrabel. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. We're gonna come back now that we have our uh, predictions done for the 2023 NFL season. When we come back, we will roll through our Week One games and matchups right on the other side. All right, just realized that we totally forgot to do uh, <laughs> the like who is gonna win the actual Super Bowl and make those predictions. Um, so we're going to add those in now, and then we'll get to our week one preview. Uh, NFC Championship game. Who's going to be playing in it? Duh. You and me, buddy. We're running it back. Niners Eagles again. We're running I it back. the same thing. God damn it. Do you guys really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what are you up to? Uh, He's going to fucking put Seattle. Why? It's going to be the, the, <laughs> the different pick. It's going to be the Seahawks. And uh, mm, let me think the Eagles. I don't think that actually. <laughs> I can't pick Philly and, and and the Eagles again. I just I just don't know who's I gonna... wouldn't pick the Eagles either. I think San Francisco's in. I think San Francisco gets back. But I don't know if Philly does. The only thing is I don't know who gets past them. So I'll I'll say Philly and and, and San Francisco. Um, 
just because I, I to me it's like and maybe that's just the pessimistic Eagles fan in me that just doesn't want to pick my team to go back to the NFC Championship again. But I'm going I'm, I'm going to pick the Eagles. I think the Eagles get back. Uh, so we all have San Fran and Philly. What about the AFC Championship game? All right, this is where it gets fun. So yeah, man, I have. I'm going to go Jags Ravens. Ooh, Jags Ravens. Yeah. That's that's going to be a... I I like I like the pick. I like the pick. It's a little out of the blue. I think that's uh I think both the teams are on the up and up and um young quarterbacks. I don't know. I mean all of them have young quarterbacks, but still. I'm on those guys' bandwagon right now. Maybe I'm just too sick of the Bills and the Chiefs. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Do, does it reseed? How does it? No. No, it doesn't. So now i got to think about my math. Exactly. It's got to be. Because it's. Because they play, and then they play, and then they play. And then the winner mm-hmm. of those. Play. Okay, yeah, no. Okay, mine works. Mine works. Uh, I think it's going to be Cincinnati and Buffalo. Ooh, I like it. I think it's going to be Cincinnati and Buffalo. I think because the, the winner of Cincinnati, in the way I have it set up, but I have Cincinnati as the first wild card, they would play Baltimore. And I think Cincinnati gets their revenge on that. And then it would be the winner of Kansas City and Pittsburgh versus Miami and Buffalo. And I think Buffalo does it this year. I think they knock off Kansas City. Um, so Cincinnati and Buffalo. Scotty? I got Kansas City and Buffalo. Uh, that game on the road, and I think this is the year that Josh Allen sneaks through. Uh, and Buffalo goes to the Super Bowl. All right, so we already have. We didn't do our our picks for everything. So who do you have in the NFC? San Francisco or Philly? I have Philly. Like I said, Jalen Hurts is the best leader in the NFC. It's tough to get Niners, Niners, bang bang, Niner gang will be in Vegas where they started the season in preseason week one. They will make their uh, full circle return to play in Las Vegas in February. All right, I'm I'm emotionally hedging. I'm going to take San Francisco. Uh, Dude, I don't think San Francisco is the better team. Oh, but, I, but, but don't I, you? I don't, and and I I, I can't. But don't I can't. I can't. I can't pick. I had them last year going to the NFC Championship game, and I said I'm not picking them to go to the Super Bowl because I can't. Mm. And I'm not going to do it again. It worked last mm. year, so I'm not going to do it again. Uh, I'm going to have San Francisco and the Cincinnati Bengals. 89. Okay. I've got uh, Scotty's the Niners. got Buffalo. Yeah, Niners and, and, the, uh, and the Bills. Niners, Bills. All right, I got my same Super Bowl as last year, Eagles, Ravens. That is – it's so. I was just going to say, I was like, this is what you did last year. <laughs> All right. I so just who, like them both still. I mean, if Lamar was healthy at that stretch, who would have known? Who would have All right. Known? So who wins it? Who wins it, boys? I have the Eagles. I changed it from last year to this year. I have the Eagles losing last year. This year, I have the Eagles winning the Super Bowl against the Ravens. Buffalo will be 0 for 5 in Super Bowls. The Niners will hoist the Lombardi this year as a predictable pick made by the lone 49ers fan on this podcast. <laughs> Notice this is this just for the folks at home listening. 
This is the mind of someone who rooted for the Warriors and the Giants and has experienced so much winning over the last 20 years versus me, who my entire life, my teams break my heart and destroy me. I've seen two championships in my life, and I've seen far more shit than I've seen good things. I think it's just philosophy, Jeff. It's West Coast versus East Coast. We're much more more happy to be there and, and behind our teams. Uh, whoa, and, uh, whoa, whoa. On, no, 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 listen out, listen to me <laughs> on, on the surface. Then you go to the East coast guys and they're like, I am so far behind my team and, and rooting for them so hard that I don't want to pick anything. I don't want to jinx anything. I don't want to do none of that. And I can't pick them. But with us, it's just like, Hey man, I feel like we're going to be in the super. This is why I feel like you Spoiled. watch a guy like Nick Bosa. And, and Spoiled. Go, first of all, I went through 20 years of torment before I got to 20 Spoiled. years of, of championships. Okay, cry me, cry so, me a river with your I'm Steve not. Young I'm just saying. and your it's, Joe Montana. This is like yeah, the pot kettle black, Jeff. You have two. You have a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl appearance too. It's not so bad. Some teams have just nothing. Be, just I'm, be I'm better. Not saying, hey, I, five be years ago we had nothing. So yeah, you know, yeah, how just be better. You want to get into that argument? Just be better. Okay, we and you were better than us right. last year. We were, we sure were. Yeah, we're, we're exactly. a better team than you again this year. And you're but not. I can't wait for you guys to. Play. We will see. So fun. We will I see. <laughs> uh, I am taking between the Bengals and the 49ers, Joe Burrow, cementing my case for Joe Burrow being the better player than Justin Herbert as the and five so, seed. Yeah, coming in from the five seed, yep. winning four straight. No home games. Joe Burrow gets it done, and the Cincinnati Bengals win the Super Bowl. I love Joe Burrow so much. It's it's, it's ridiculous. Um, all right. So there we have it. Scotty takes his Niners, spoiled. Uh, Vito taking the Eagles, and I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals to win the Super Bowl. All right. Now we can get into week one. The nitty-gritty, the fun stuff will start. Scotty and I both made our picks on Wednesday's pod because it came out on Wednesday. Uh, we both took Detroit plus seven, but as we were recording, it was when right before we were recording, it was when the Travis Kelsey news broke. That line has now dropped to four and a half. So I made a small exception just since Vito didn't get a vote in. We're going to let Vito pick because we always love when we make our picks on Thursdays and then people laugh at us for being really stupid. Um, Vito, you get, Detroit plus four and a half or Kansas City minus four and a half. Uh, We're going to go a slightly different line here. Kansas City, and you can keep the seven points. They're still going to cover. Oh, wow. I I couldn't (laughs) believe you guys. Yeah, I'm high on KC, even without Travis Kelsey. They're still going to blow them out. In my defense, I said I was stupid when I made the pick. I I didn't claim I was smart, all right? (laughs) Yeah, you did say you wanted to fade the public that was moving uh, like myself toward Detroit. Uh, at four and a half, I would switch instantly, but we've already made our picks. Um, but uh, Vito, it sounds like you're you're a little more brazen about it than we. And uh, and you know, I can't fault you for that. No, neither they can kicked, I. They've kicked my team's ass so many times, I just can't. <laughs> Fair <All> enough. Right. <laughs> hey, the All last right. football game I saw Mahomes play, and it was incredible. I can't. Yeah, you can't unsee something like that. No, I know. And I told myself this is dumb and to not do it. And I did it anyway, because, again, I'm not smart. I never never said I was. All right. Uh, Here we go. One o'clock games. East Coast time. So ready. Uh, 
first up, starting with a banger of a game, the Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are minus three and a half favorites right now. I, I like the Falcons. Uh, I just I I think that that offense is poised to explode in Week One against what I think for Carolina is a pretty tough defense. But uh, new head coach, new regime, new philosophy, new quarterback, new offense entirely, and. On the other side of the ball for Atlanta, they revamped their defense in the offseason. I like what they put together. It looked good in the preseason, the limited amount we saw of those ones on defense. But I think that they they are going to be a sneaky good defense this year uh, under Arthur Smith. And I think that offense does enough to uh, to cover that spread pretty easily. I got Atlanta. What about you, Vito? Oh, this is a tough one for me. Uh, I'm going to go with Atlanta too. I really wanted to pick Carolina here um, to win, but uh, I'm going to just go with home opener for the Falcons. That stadium's pretty bonkers on game day. Um, I think they get it done at home. It's hard to win as a rookie in your first game. It's just it is. you're going to make rookie mistakes. You're playing a real defense all of a sudden. It's different. And I mean, hey, look, Bryce Young went up against some ridiculous defenses in in college, but uh, NFL is definitely another beast, and uh, and I think we're going to see some some slow starts. I mean, just talent wise alone, Atlanta is a significantly better team, um, and defensively, I think Carolina has more talent, but I don't think the gap is as big offensively. I'm taking Atlanta too. Um, now, what I will say is, his, <laughs> t- typically over the last five or six years, if you look at the numbers. Because Vegas doesn't have a lot to go off of week one, lean towards underdogs. Underdogs end up winning about 65% of the time over the last five years. Uh, and, and I think it's like a, it's a stat, it's like underdogs within like a seven point spread. So if you're getting plus five and a half, plus four and a half, stuff like that, if you're going to throw it out there, especially without knowing a ton and you, somebody likes gambling, lean with the underdogs. They typically do well early on in the season. All right, game number two on our list. Uh, this should be a fun one. Divisional game right off the bat. Cincinnati going to Cleveland. The Bengals are a two-point favorite on the road uh, against a revamped Cleveland Browns team. Uh, not sure. I mean, Joe Burrow's playing. You know, he's healthy enough to play, but it doesn't seem like he's a full 100% yet. Where are we leaning here first? I, I got uh, – this is one of those games I talked about. Uh that gets the Browns into the postseason. Coming out the gate week one at home against Joe Burrow, a hobbled Joe Burrow potentially uh, for a team. And I'm sorry, Mike, I'm doing this. My buddy Mike's a, a, a Bengals fan. Uh, but I think this is going to be a tougher game for for Cincinnati than they, they let on. That defense tends to come on later in the year. Uh, they made a lot of additions in the offseason that I'm not sure how much they, they've had the ability to gel. In the offseason, in the end, I think it's going to be pretty good, obviously. Uh, but they're playing in a tough division. I think the dogs will be out for uh, for the defense in, in Cleveland. I think Deshaun Watson's rearing to get back to uh, to his form as, as, a, as a quarterback. Um, and I, I like Cleveland to cover the spread here. And I, you know, I think they went outright, truthfully, in this game. All right, yeah, Scotty, uh, roll with the Browns. I think it'll be... I think it'll be close. Um, I got the Bengals. I, I think they win by three. They cover. 
And uh, I think it's just Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow being together. This Rodgers receiver court, they're special. It's hard to contain them. But Dan, it'll be close. But I, I don't know. I, I just have the Bengals. I'm with you, Vito. I think I, and a big reason of it is the number. I mean, the fact that it's too even. I, I mean, like that if it was three or three and a half or something, I'd, right. I'd probably take three and a half, three in the hook. Um, if in the you hook. Can buy it, <laughs> yeah. If you can buy it down. Yeah. It's so fun to bring the, all this betting terminology back. I love betting on football. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think Cincinnati wins this game. I think Cincinnati wins outright. I think they're the better team. Uh, and I think the offensive line is going to be a big reason why. But watch out. Miles Garrett, is he's going to have a monster year. Talk about a dude who's going to be yeah, defensive player of the year guy. With, yeah. And a Jim, <laughs> Jim, Schwartz, a Jim Schwartz now is the defensive coordinator for the Browns. Yeah, Miles Garrett's going to have a huge, huge year. Um, all right, up next, we have Jacksonville at Indianapolis. The Colts are a five-point underdog at home. Um, look, for whatever reason – AFC South teams play weird fucking football games. And I'm so – this could be like I'm trying to picture Monday morning. Are we having the conversation, Anthony Richardson scores a last-second touchdown or, you know, makes one insane play week one that all of a sudden the hype train for Anthony Richardson blows up only for it to eventually, you know, slowly let the air out of the balloon as this as the season goes on. Um I'm going to take Indy. It's super dumb. I don't know why. It's definitely not one of my locks uh, of the week, but uh, I'm going to take Indy. I think they're going to come out. I think Anthony Richardson's going to run the ball a ton. Um, I think they at least cover the spread. I think Jacksonville is going to lo- look a little rusty to start off the season, um, but I-, I like Indy plus five at home. And I kind of like Indy as well. Um, I think it's that exactly what you said. This I think we're going to be talking about Anthony Richardson as a cover machine. He's going to come in and make plays at the end of games to cover. He's going to be a gambler's best friend. I love Calvin that Ridley, <laughs> And we're going to be talking about him all year long about covering. I absolutely love that take on the season long. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> unfortunately, they're playing a team that went to the postseason, came back from a 28 point deficit to win a game in the postseason uh, against a really good quarterback. And you just talked about how rookie quarterbacks don't do well. This is not the defense in game one that uh, Anthony Richardson wants to play. This Jaguars defense is tough. It's going to be tougher than it was last year. And I think Jacksonville covers the five. I think they win by a touchdown or two in this game. I think that's a smart play. Uh, I'm definitely, I think Vito and I are definitely being a little bit aggressive. But look, again, this is week one. This is a chance where you can get some bigger lines and maybe be a little more aggressive. And maybe Anthony Richardson. I'm just, you know, the real reason why I took Indianapolis because of that Florida Utah game week one last year when Anthony Richardson had the, the, the spin jump in the air in that two point oh, conversion. And I don't, sweet. I think Utah still ended up winning the game. No, no, Florida did end up winning that game. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those that everyone thought Utah was going to come into Gainesville and just like beat the shit out of them. And then at home as an underdog, Anthony Richardson just popped off and had one of the craziest football plays I've ever seen. So uh, that's definitely why I'm doing this, but Hey, again, not the smartest gambler in the world, but I usually do all right. Uh, all right. Up next, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Vikings. Minnesota is a five and a half point favorite at home. Baker Mayfield uh, on this as the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Scotty, you're uh, you, you have quite the reaction here. What are we? What, what what's your take on this game? I hate this. I give the hook with the five and a half. I'm going to go Tampa Bay with the hook. 
Uh, mm. Give it to me, man. I think that they're going to be in this game. Look, the offense is going to be explosive for uh, for uh, for Minnesota, but I, you don't know what you're getting out of Baker Mayfield. And his history says that he's going to come in and be an absolute dog in this game. And it, it's going to take Chris Godwin, a banged up Mike Evans, uh, Rashad White, a running back. Like it's going to be a group effort. And and as bad as we think Tampa Bay might be at the end of the year. This is a, a statement game for Baker and the boys. I think Tampa Bay covers. Uh, yeah, I got Tampa. Uh, I think I think for everything Scotty said, like this team's going to come in and they're not going to they're not going to lose by that much. Even if they do, they are not going to lose I, by that. Yeah, much. and the Vikings. How many one possession games did the Vikings have last year that they won? Like, you think that's going to be any different? Yeah, I, and Minnesota's defense didn't get better talent wise. No. Look, bringing in Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator is going to elevate that team no matter what. Um, but they're not as talented defensively as they were last year. They lose at area Smith. They lose a bunch of pieces on that defense. Uh, the offense should probably be about the same, but there's also no Dalvin cook. Um, that, that number seems really big to me. So I'm going to lay, I'm going to take the points uh, with Tampa Bay and I'm with you guys, Tampa Bay plus five and a half. Uh, all right. Up next, we have Tennessee at new Orleans. Uh, the Saints right now are a three-point favorite at home. Vegas showing early that they like the Saints, um, at least before week one. Vito, Saints home favorites against Tennessee. I like it. Uh, I have them covering. Um, uh, if anything, a push, but I, I think they cover. I think Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, our boy, and this offense is just going to uh, – listen, the, the – Titans defense has been good for a long time, but they're covered too. Like these receivers are going to go right past some of these corners. I think they have great skill positions. I think Derek Carr is good enough to get it done. I think the guy who has a big game on offense for New Orleans is Juwan Johnson, who was uh, tight end eight in fantasy football last year. Uh, unbelievable year. He was one of the go-tos. And I think Derek Carr likes that, especially with uh, a, a big proven one uh, in Chris Olave at the, uh, on the wide receiver side at the X. Um, uh, it's it's a new look again, but I think uh, I think Derek Carr uh, is a serviceable quarterback, serviceable enough for for what that team needs, and and you've got Jamal Williams running the ball uh, as well, who's who's an absolute uh, an absolute beast. Uh, I think that offense opens a lot of things up, and I think Derek Henry struggles in this game uh, for with a with a good uh, New Orleans uh, a run defense. So I'm going to take the Saints too. This is one of my favorite games of, of this first week because I think it's two teams that are on pretty similar levels that are in very winnable divisions. Uh, and to me, the coaching battle alone, who who do you believe is going to have their team ready to play week one more? Mike Vrabel or Dennis Allen? It's a fair point, I'm, ta- yeah. I'm taking Vrabes all day. And in offseason where we've heard nothing other than Jacksonville is going to run away with this division. Tennessee's not any good. They brought in DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins was yeah. still good when he played last year. Oh, like yeah. he hasn't fallen off the cliff yet. He might this year, but at least what we saw from him last year, uh, Derek Henry, Tiage Sharp, love him. Love the tight end situation there. They now have a decent wide receiver room. Tennessee's defense is still good. I don't think the gap between that New Orleans offense versus Tennessee is going to be huge. Give me the underdog. I'm taking Tennessee plus three on the road in, in New Orleans. And that's a smart play. I think to go back to your wide receiver point, Jeff, on DeAndre Hopkins, like I think the difference is when he goes to to uh Tennessee in the offseason, now his quarterback is is Ryan Tannehill, question mark. 
um, or or Will Levis maybe at some point. Who knows? Uh, whereas in the past he's had Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson throwing him the ball. So like but he was also pretty damn good when Matt Schaub was slinging the rock right. for him and he's yeah. you know it's I'm, you know I'm not pretty- saying he's not good. I'm just saying like what does that offense look like? I think it's better than it looked like last year. And the defense kept them in a lot of football games last year. And we know that defense is going to continue to be good uh, despite not having a ton of talent, just because that's what Braves does, man. That's what teams like that do. And, yeah, I uh, I, I, like I have to remind myself too, that this isn't Julio Jones going to Tennessee. This is Hopkins. who's younger true. and faster and yeah. better. Like that's, yeah. I think because they messed up with the end of one receiver's career, I'm almost like putting those <laughs> together and blurring it yeah. in my mind. Well, anytime you see a dominant wide receiver and like making a free agent signing, it's the same thing with like Dalvin Cook. Like I think we've yeah. kind of told ourselves, or, oh, they're at the end of their career. They're not as good as they were. I think D-Hop's going to have a really good year. I think Traylon Burks now is going to get opportunities against worse cornerbacks because uh, when he was healthy before his concussion last year, he was still pretty solid. Uh, as a rookie, and I think he takes another step. I that's why, like, I almost took Tennessee to win that division because uh, I think it's very possible that they do. Uh, all right, up next, Scotty's San Francisco 49ers cross the country, newly signed and inked highest paid defensive. Ed, was it de- was is his contract bigger than Aaron Donald's? Yes, he is the highest paid, paid defensive lineman. Yes, one hundred and seventy five million. I didn't see what the guarantees were on it. One seventy. I think it's it's absurd i think most of it's guaranteed wow uh that's not gonna fuck you over uh in cap space moving oh forward. no no we're, we're already in salary cap hell so why stop now <laughs> hey i mean if, if you can manage it the saints and eagles have been doing it for a long time so you just kind of i heard and so peter, the rams and look where they are <laughs> i heard peter schrager talking about that it's like you can do that but you just got to be prepared to live in that cap hell for a long time uh which and you is, also have to win to make it worth it exactly um because once you get out of it, you're like Tampa Bay and the Rams, where you're just kind of fucked. Uh, but big contract for Nick Bosa. George Kittle, uncertain if he's going to play week one. So the Kittle questions are already out in full force. Brock Purdy, you know, on some pitch count stuff over the summer. This is going to be his first, like, hey, you got to go out there and sling it, man, four quarters. Uh, they're two and a half point favorites in Pittsburgh, uh, a team that we didn't talk about this much with Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh had the exact same record as Detroit down the stretch last year. And nobody talked about Detroit or Pittsburgh, the way that they're hyping up Detroit this year. Part of my rationale. Um, I'll go first. And I'm going to tell you that I think the Pittsburgh Steelers win this game outright. Uh, I think Nick, Nick Bosa coming in, not with a full training camp in and out, getting his contract situated. Good for him. He gets his money. He deserves it. He's an absolute fucking monster. Uh, but there's a player that's just as good on the other side of the field named T.J. Watt. And uh, he lines up on the opposite side of the field that Trent Williams typically plays. And I think we're going to see issues with that San Francisco offensive line early. I think T.J. Watt has a big day. I think Brock Purdy struggles. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers win a close one in Pittsburgh to kick off their season. I have uh, – listen, I got San Francisco covering this. I, they're still the best defense in the NFL. Um Kittle, it's a big loss. Uh, if he doesn't play, he's questionable. His war rank is second for tight ends. Um, pretty crazy. So yeah, he he just he's a big piece of the offense. But when you look at the quarterbacks, I just still believe Purdy is is has a a leg up on Pickett, and um, and that's where it boils down to for me. As a rule of thumb, you should probably 
kick some tires on Pittsburgh when they're dogs at home in week in any week, but in week one, uh, when they're dogs at home, the Steelers are thirteen and eight straight up, fourteen four and three against the spread. Since I was just seven. I was just gonna look up that stat because I, I, as soon as you started saying it, was like that triggered a memory in my mind. It's like, oh shit, yeah. When the Steelers are underdogs at home, Tomlin has this insane record. It's it's absurd. That's a seventy four percent clip against the spread. I'm gonna take the Pittsburgh Steelers to both lose the game and not cover. The Niners win by a field goal. Jake Lee comes in, boots it. <laughs> That was good. You know, you do that sometimes, and I can always tell when it's coming. That one, I didn't. That one, I actually believed you for a second. (laughs) That was good. I was like, so this is when Scotty does his emotional hedge. He does it now. Nope. Still, these these optimistic, (laughs) soft West Coasters, man. Hey, man. Unreal. (laughs) So good, brother. (laughs) All right. Uh, Now from one of the best teams in the NFL to the worst team in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals going to Washington, the Commanders, a seven-point favorite in week one. I mean, with a hey, rookie quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Well, not a rookie, uh, well, but like a year, first second year. Yeah. First year starter. Um, we didn't talk about this, and I feel like we should. Did you guys see the the clip from the what the Cardinals? The Cardinals are doing their own like in-house version of hard knocks this year. Yes. Did you see the Jonathan Gannon clip? It's so bad, bro. Scotty, did you see it? No, I did not. Oh, it's, uh, it's so bad. It's cringy. I'm gonna yes. I'm I'm gonna do my best impression because I don't I don't want to take the time to pull up the actual audio and insert or maybe I can insert it in later. But essentially, he he started. He's in a team meeting and he goes, "Who uh, who took the bus to get into to get into work today?" And like a couple people like raised their hands, like who drove? A couple people raised their hand. He goes, "All right." You guys got that fire inside of you? And everyone's like, literally, they cut to like James Conner being like, yeah. what the fuck? It's like, you guys got that fire? You better have that fire. You yeah. better have that fire raging inside of you right now. He leads with, did you take the bus to work? And then goes straight into, do you have that fire in you? It and, was, and their media people released it. Which, which is means, also, yeah. Which means this was the best. Yeah, how many parts. gates did that go through? Yeah. Think of, think about that. That that means that this is those were the best moments. Those were the highlights. So bad. It's going to crash and burn so bad, and I'm so excited to watch Jonathan Gannon's tenure as the head coach of the Cardinals burst into flames. I think they're going to do like what the Texans did, right? Which was like bring in Lovey Smith for a thing, and then a few. Thanks for getting us the number one overall pick. We're going to, you know, even though the Texans fucked that up for well, themselves. Diff- but Yeah, but they were, he was a proven coach. It's not like they're bringing in a first time coach and, uh, and throwing him to the wolves being like, Hey, <laughs> here's what you got, bud. <laughs> Gannon. Yeah. That's exactly what they're doing. They're bringing no, that's in what I'm first saying. Time. Oh, they, gotcha, they, didn't, yeah. they didn't do that with Lovey Smith in Houston. He was a proven coach. No, it but remember like, it was, um, what's his face? David Culley. At the same thing, he was the life well, that, who they brought the, in. Yeah, and then they did it, and then they that was did in it extreme circumstances. Yeah. Either way, I think it's going to be a one and done for Gannon. Maybe even a, a like your boy Nathaniel Hackett there, Vito. Midseason, I think it's going to be an absolute dumpster fire because if that clip is the best level of what the Cardinals look like, like that again, to your point, Vito, which is such a good point. That's what the social media team thought was like, this is the highlight of this team meeting. Yeah. 
Oh, it's going to be so bad. It's going to be so bad. I just feel bad for Zach Ertz. If I'm being like, that's just what I feel. I feel bad for Zach Ertz that he, he has gets to a nice there. retirement home with <laughs> getting traded to Arizona. And then now it's this like, yeah. come on, man. I know. I know. I know. I will. Caleb Williams will, will probably be a fun Cardinal to watch in a year. Um, all right. Anyway, the commanders seven point favorites. We know we like their defense. Uh, I'm high on Sam Howell. I think Sam Howell is going to be really frisky and fun this year. Uh, Terry McLaurin's got that turf toe, which, by the way, I'm currently battling turf toe, too. Not a big deal. I'm pretty tough. It's all good. I'm going to play softball tonight, going to play through it. Um, Turf toe hurts like a motherfucking bitch. I always thought when a player had turf toe, I'm like, oh, you're, it's your toe. It can't hurt. It hurts like so it's a bad. blister. Ah, uh, get over it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's right at that, and like right where your toe your toe meets the top of your foot, like right there. And so every time you step and you like push down on your toes, you just get shooting pains through your entire foot. It's um, and so if you're an athlete and you're running, it's I I take back anything I ever said about turf toe because it fucking hurts. Um. But they still have Jahan Dotson. I think McLaurin's questionable. They got a good running back room. Minus seven. It's a big line. Where are we feeling about the Washington Commanders? I got them covering. Uh, I think yeah. it's not only that. This offense is so much better than their defense. Um, they got rid of some playmakers in the offseason. They have Buda Baker, who's going to be a the only bright spot maybe in this entire team this, this whole year. So Trade um, bait. Yep. If they get rid of him, uh, it would be like kill all the serpents. It would be like in, when the Sixers traded uh, that rookie of the year. Way back uh, 20, Michael like, Michael Michael Carter Williams. Yeah, when they yeah. traded, they were like tanking, and they're like, "Oh, this is a bright spot. Let's get let's get rid of him. Let's get let's pushing, tank yeah. harder." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like Wash. I like Washington too. I, I just think that they're better on both sides of the ball. I, I like this this team. You're absolutely right. Is a dumpster fire. And another lock of the week I have, if you're looking for a prop, is the under at 40 and a half. Uh, mm. The the Commanders uh, went on a, on a 23 game stretch over the last 23 of 18 four and one on the under under in their last 23 home games. And Arizona only averaged 15 and a half points in that stretch, yeah. and that was with Colt McCoy as their quarterback. Now they got a rookie quarterback in Clayton Toon. Who, yeah, it's uh, either going to be Clayton Toon or Josh Dobbs. Right? Uh, yeah, they, they so, haven't named a starter yet, so. So yeah, I I I don't think that Arizona gets a ton of points. I think this Washington defense is is pretty good. Usually they're another one that like starts off slow then comes on uh, later in the year. Um, but I think they're pretty good from the jump here. Coaching all 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 of the above. Uh, the boxes are checked for Washington here. I think a touchdown's uh, an easy cover. I agree. I have Washington covering here. I think I think this is again talking about those Monday headline type deals. I think we're gonna see on Get Up on Monday morning. You know, the 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 commanders win 35 to 7 or 35 to 3. It's going to be a huge blowout. And people are going to solve it's going to be, oh, should we pay attention to the commanders this year? And then Damian Woody's going to be like, no, the Cardinals fucking suck. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> and then they play the Giants and it's like, uh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah. And Greeny's going to be like, well, you never know. You know, you, Sam Howe is rookie quarterback. And, you know, it's going to be a whole whole thing. Um, yeah, that that was the other thing I knew. I mean, I knew Jonathan Gannon was going to be a terrible head coach, but the thing that like came in the press that like when he said, "I'm not telling anyone who the starting quarterback is for competitive advantage." God's I'm like, are you fucking Brian Kelly? Read is the this, room. Are we in college right now? Are you coaching at Coastal Carolina? What are we fucking? Do you understand about? where you are? <laughs> 
It's like, yeah, that doesn't matter, dude. That doesn't matter. Just, oh God, I hate him so much. He's <laughs> such an asshole. He's, he had, a, there was another article today where he was bashing Philly. He's such a clown fucking piece of shit. All right. Anyway. Uh, all right. That was the biggest spread we had talked about so far until we get to this game, the biggest spread of the week, the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Houston Texans. They are a 10 point favorite, 10 point favorite. Hmm. Um, I so badly want to take the plus 10 just because it's week one and weird shit happens that we inevitably won't matter. It'll be all, you know, inconsequential by the end of it. Um, Houston has a a fun defense, but I I just, I think against a pretty good defense in Baltimore, even without Marlon Humphreys, um, 10 points is a lot, but I think this offense is going to come out like looking really, really good. Um, but I also think that's where a lot of the public is. Convince me not to take Houston on plus 10. That's basically what I'm asking. That's easy because I think it's not on that side. Like their defense, first of all, um, what what I, I'm just researching. Right? Yeah, Jimmy Ward is questionable with a leg injury. Even if, if he's back, hmm. it's still – I know that like, guy. Yeah, still worried about him on the back end. That's, pro- that's one of their best defensive players. That is their best defensive player. Um, and then – you know, we'll see how how the rookie does, Anderson Jr. But I think on the flip side of the ball, it's going to be the fact that their defense is going to suffocate this. This offense is good, but it plays right into the strength of front seven uh, and the safety run support of this defense. I think we're going to see a run battle here from the Texans to the Baltimore. And I think it'll be a close game to your point. So maybe that's the only reason you take them. But I think they're going to contain this offense. And to your point on the flip side, blow it off the charts. Um they're going to open this offense up, and I would definitely take Baltimore uh, with the points. Yeah, it's the biggest consensus on the week, and I think there's there's one of two scenarios. Either D'Amico is like, hey, CJ, this defense is one of the top defenses in the league, top to bottom. Um, we're, we're frankly like a, we're a good football team, but we're not where we need to be. Just go out and sling it, see what happens, uh, and, and that could turn out well. Um, or there's the scenario which I think is more likely where they're like, eh, we're gonna protect CJ and run the ball a lot, uh, just because we know how much better the the Baltimore Ravens are than we are. Um, and I think that ten points is is there for a reason. I, well, I do like the the Houston defense, uh, like you said, Jeff. Um, I think they can get a little frisky, but uh, I, I just don't see it. I think the 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 ten. Uh, is very achievable for Lamar if we think that offense is going to look like what we think it's going to look like. Correct me if I'm wrong, Scotty, but the offensive coordinator for Houston was one of the coordinators for San Francisco, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. He brought over a staff of, oh God. Uh... So a lot of what they're running is very similar to that San Francisco. Yeah, offense. Bobby Slovic. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of what they're going to be running in Houston is going to be very similar to what San Francisco runs. So you're going to see a lot of option plays. You're going to see a lot of guys running. You know, they're going to use Damian Pierce, I think, in a bunch of different ways. They're going to run a lot of option stuff. There's going to be – and there's really – I mean, Laramie Tunsil, yeah. yeah, is one of the best offensive tackles in football, um, which I think is part of the reason why I want to take Houston in the points just because I think they're actually going to be able to move the ball okay. I think with the way that this Baltimore defense is set up right now, I think they're going to – it's going to be a slow start until they get the rest of their team back. Um, but that offense, I think, is going to be enough. So I'm going to stick with my pick. I'm going to take Baltimore. Uh, the, the smart thing, take the points, because I think I don't think Houston's defense is going to be quite ready enough to handle Baltimore. 
Um, but I'm telling you right now, well, if we come in and we're recording on Monday night and it's all of a sudden it was like a seven point game and I'm, I'm going to be kicking myself. Wouldn't if I be don't shocked. Yeah. I, I, yeah. There. I wouldn't be um, shocked either though. Uh, all right. That is the end of the one o'clock game. So switch over to the afternoon slate. We have what a slate. <laughs> yeah. The afternoon slate. Feels good <laughs> to say. <laughs> uh, Green Bay going to Chicago and the bears. One point favorites against the Packers. I believe they haven't beaten the Packers since 2018. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I was going to say, you haven't seen that line since 2017 or something. It's, it's been a while <laughs> since we've seen. Uh, look, I know that th- this is a question mark game, right? So this is a straight up, who do you believe in? Do you believe in DJ Moore joining the Bears? And now Justin Fields is going to take another step and he's going to be a better passer. You know, we're going to see it right away. And you're a fan of the Bears. Or is it Jordan Love sitting under Aaron Rodgers, working with Rodgers for three years? Uh, and and the Packers with their webs with their weapons, veteran defense, all-star players, better offensive line. To me, this is a classic case of you take the underdog, you take Green Bay. I think Chicago, their defense, I know they went out and bought a bunch of new pieces. TJ Edwards, uh, the guy from Tremaine, uh, Tremaine, yeah, Tremaine Edmonds. Like they went out and added a bunch of these guys. I, I think it's going to take a little bit for this Bears defense to come together. I like Green Bay. I think Jordan Love's going to come out and look good. It's a one point spread. So we're basically calling it a pick them here. I'm going to take Green Bay as the underdog. And I'm with you. I, I, I like this pick, especially into Chicago. Uh, famously where uh, where Aaron Rodgers goes in and dominates, but now he's not your quarterback anymore. Um, I think Jordan Love sitting three years behind Aaron Rodgers or two years, whatever it was, is the guy Great. for the job. Their, their yeah. wide receiver core is good. Their offensive line is still intact. They still have Aaron Jones and, uh, and A.J. Dillon on the running game. And their defense is built to stop the run. That's what Chicago wants to do. They don't have a whole lot of guys to throw to. Uh, and they granted they added uh, uh who's the the guy from uh uh dj, DJ, they got Moore. DJ Moore, who's the pittsburgh uh receiver they got i'm Playful. drawing a blank uh, uh, yeah, chase, chase claypool. claypool thank you yeah. uh so he's got guys to throw to uh, and darnell mooney's still there but i have no idea what this offense is going to look like whether they're going to ask justin fields to run the ball as much as he did last year or become one of those hybrid guys so i think a matchup wise, this defense is, is going to dare him to throw the ball. And I don't like that right now. I'm going to give green Bay the points. Yeah. For me, it's going to be to your point, heavy zone defense out of the, um, out of the bears. And I don't think, I think Watson's going to have a little bit of a day. I also do love on the flip side, like to your point, the line's not great. Listen, if, if there are two players you need to watch in this whole game, it's well, besides Jordan Love, is Rashawn Gary and Jair Alexander for this Cowboy or this Packers defense. Who missed a those... ton of time last year, both of yeah. them. Yeah. And so, like, I think them back on healthy, they get it done here. Um, I believe in them. I'm with you, Jeff. I'm taking Green Bay. All right. We're all on the Packers. Um, all right, oh, next God, that's up. That's our third consensus. Uh-oh. Jeez. Fourth consensus. Uh, up next, we have – the Las Vegas Raiders going to Mile High Stadium. Jimmy G reunited with uh, Josh McDermott or Josh McDermott, Josh McDaniels. Uh, and I'm McDermott. We're, yeah, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> um, 
And we also have Sean Payton. Vito's, <laughs> Vito's Broncos with Sean Payton coming back. And uh, we're going to try to see. By the way, Vito, I, I meant to ask you this, but I wanted to save it until we talked about the Broncos on the pod. Did you see the story that came out about Sean Payton and uh, what Sean Payton said to uh, uh, Russell, Russell Wilson? Yeah, that was so good. Did you have the quote? I'm pulling, I'm, I'm pulling it up now because it's it's too good not to say um <laughs> sorry i just read one part of it it's google's so crazy man i just like type that in um uh oh, come on he basically called him a, a politician he, he said you have to stop worrying about uh russell russell wilson inc said you're you need to stop fucking kissing babies you're not yeah. running for public office what a line you need to stop fucking kissing babies. You're not running for public office. An unreal, unreal yeah. line. I was curious, does that make you feel better or worse about your quarterback? I think better about my team, right? Because you have someone there being like, this shit doesn't matter, bro. You know, like you got to get a handle on this stuff because at the end of the day, it's nice that you're worried about your career after football and your image and all that. And that's, that's a part of it that Sean Payton probably doesn't really like respect or care for, but like, that's a real thing. And I do think though, that like having someone in the building, like, no, this is all about football, bro. Fuck everything else will only help the chemistry with the teammates, the development. Like, think about it. This is what we tell people all the time, even in our industry. Sometimes it's okay to have a bad guy in the building at your work. So everyone feels unified kind of hating on that or, if you're on a project, there's sometimes another company and you're like, well, what's they're kind of being awful, right? Like that always happens. There's something there. So you can all unify around it. That I think is what Sean Payton's affording. He's going to be the asshole. So everyone else is like, oh, it's us against him almost in the off season. And that's us against the other team when we get to the regular season. So I, I love it. I love it. Me too. And he's, he's a guy who in that scenario, when uh, he'll galvanize the team around that. And then every time somebody comes after them, he's going to be like, oh yeah, fuck you. Watch me th throw up 35 points on you, boys, and, and go win a football game. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, it's I, – I think you're right. Like, I think it, if I'm a Broncos fan, I'm spinning this in a positive light, right? But the thing is, I don't know if it's possible for Russell Wilson to not be that guy. He's been that guy his entire life. Like uh, – who who oh, there was an interview oh it was howie long howie long was on part of my take not that long ago and he talked yeah. about when russell wilson was growing up uh in virginia he saw him at 13 years old and he was having a catch with him because he played in a travel baseball tournament against kyle long and he was like having a catch with him when he was like just a teenager and he said howie long literally called uva and was like recruit this kid he's incredible but he said it's the exact same guy it's like he's he's been that guy since he was a kid so the one thing is it's like, I think the idea behind it is great. I think whether the Russ thing works out or not, my bold prediction for the year for the Broncos, Jarrett Stidham comes in as a starter at some point during this year and they bench Russell Wilson. At, okay. some, at some point you, this you year. Can't, you can't sit there and say. Just sure make your pick To today. the both sure of I us. Can. You can't sit there and say to the both of us that Vito's going to get his backup quarterback and that, and that 
Sam Darnold's going to win a meaningful game for me. You I get absolutely out can get out of here with your favoritism. I would say, I would, I would say that to it just so happens that you guys are Niners and Broncos fans. I was on the Russell Wilson thing, Russell Wilson thing early. Anyway, and me too. I called Vito. MVP. I will give you the floor. How do your boys look week one? Oh, dude, we're going to win this game. This is a no brainer. Um, when you look at the lineup here, I think what where it's going to show up is their defense is not going to be good. Besides Max Crosby, like they, it's the defense and the secondary, even the linebacker play. We are going to go to town with them. I think the key is Russell Wilson getting the ball out quick and early. Um, love our running back situation. Um, and then on the flip side yeah, of the Bonte's ball, back, yeah, yeah, and P Ryan. I think it just be we're deeper than we were last year. If our two best running backs were better than the guy who finished the season last year for us, so like that's that's a huge upgrade for that position. And then on the defensive side, I love Randall Gregory. Uh, we've had some good linebacking play. I love Pat Sertan, and I think him and Devonte Adams is going to be the matchup you look for. The key is can we stop Josh Jacobs? I think this defense is going to be able to at least enough to offset our offense, and we're going to go out there, we're going to win and kick their ass at home. Nice sunset yep. towards the end of the game too. I'm pretty excited for it. <laughs> I mean, look, I, 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 I genuinely, for your sake, Vito, like I, I want to see Denver look better in this. Like, I just want to see improvement, right? Like any sort of improvement across the board, I'm a fan of. I think you're right that the matchup should be in favor of Denver's offense against this Las Vegas defense, the Raiders defense. Look, you have the rookie Tyree Wilson. You still have Chandler Jones there, and then Max Crosby. There are some pass rushers. There are some guys there that I think can put some heat on Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson supposedly is down some weight. We might see a little bit more of a mobile Russell Wilson this year than we down saw last weight. year. Who was he? One sixty? Good lord! <laughs> ah, he was always thick, man. He was he was always he's got that fat ass on him. Um, I'm I'm a little skeptical. I think there's going to be some kinks. I think this game's going to be closer than people think, and when that happens. And Jimmy G is involved. I look at the guy who just does nothing but win football games, and that is Jimmy G. Jimmy G finds ways to win football games. I'm sorry, Vito. I'm not doing this to be a dick. I'm doing this in a genuine opinion. I, I genuinely think the Raiders come in and they win a weird game in week one. I think the Broncos are a much better team, and I think they will finish higher in the standings. But I think week one, I think the Raiders pull off an upset in mile high. One I would agree with you. Go ahead. Real quick, Damari Mathis, the opposite corner from yeah. Pat Sertan. He's come on this preseason. Look for him this whole season. He's going to get the ball thrown at him a lot. <laughs> That's true. I I was going to say I would agree with you, Jeff, if this game were in Vegas week one, but it's huh. at mile high. Um, I'm, I'm going to take the three and the hook. Uh, I, I think Denver is good enough for, for that, probably six, if not a touchdown um, against this. I don't think – Vegas is very good. I said that in the divisional previews. Um, and you're going to see it from the jump. Like Jimmy G is good. He wins games. He's got Devontae Adams. But apart from that, and Michael Mayer, who I think is going to be a, a relatively good tight end uh, for a rookie in this league. But apart from that, the offensive line stinks. I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to be as nearly as good as he was last year. Uh, that defense, besides the defensive line, is a, an absolute sieve. And I think even if you don't get Russell Wilson back to uh, what we think he's even capable of now uh, two years on in Denver in week one. If you get 75% of that, I think you win this game pretty easily. 
I uh, Vito just stepped away, but I had a question for him. I wanted to ask. Um, there he's back. Um, I I had forgotten because I think one of the reasons I loved that Broncos defense so much last year was the defensive coordinator. And I know Vance Joseph, who's now the new defensive coordinator, has a long history of being a really, really good defensive coordinator. But how much is there any level of concern that, you know, like I watched Alex Singleton for three years play in Philly and like that dude flies around and is an effort guy. And that's how we made it to the NFL. And now he's on year number five or six in the NFL. But he's still one of your starting you know, linebackers. I I'm curious from a from a perspective. Are you how much did you attribute that defense last year? Because there's not like there's a ton of talent along the front seven. I know Pat Sertan's nasty. I know Justin Simmons are nasty. I know the back end of that defense is really, really good. But how much concern do you have changing schemes a little bit and losing a guy like Avero, who was a really, really good defensive coordinator last year and one of those young up-and-coming guys? I am a little worried because you got to remember, like, Vance Joseph was our head coach at one point, which is a very strange situation. Not that long ago. That, like, people don't realize. Yeah, like, it's weird to have a head coach come back to the team as a coordinator. Very rare. Like, I – can't think of another time that's happened. I'm sure it has, but like, yeah. that's insane. So, um, no, there is a concern. Cause I, I, we didn't have great years with him. It was like a year and a half. Um, and I just think that, uh, there's concern on the defense, but I do love the players. I love the secondary. Uh, Justin Simmons was out a lot last year. He's back and fully healthy. Like, I, I think you're going to see our secondary start looking like our secondary was in the two thousands. when we had like, dare I say like John Lynch and champ Bailey, like we have a great safety and we have a, an elite corner and oh. the other players are starting to fill in. I'm just telling you like, that's, that's no, the I way I'm, yeah. I'm looking at this. And yeah, the front back then we had, we had Al Wilson, we had uh, Ian gold. We had all these linebackers that were great. We're, we have a couple guys that are good. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I, I don't think, uh, I think this defense is onto something here in the secondary and on the front. I love Ren, uh, Gregory. And so, um we'll see i mean he was yeah he was our coach in 17 and then into 18 um i was forgetting those years that's yeah, crazy I, I yeah that is yeah because it was wasn't it before it was before vangio right it was mm-hmm. it was vance joseph yep. then to fangio and then to hackett and now sean payton um yeah it's just Ejiro avero uh, he's now the defensive coordinator for the panthers I and that's again. I know I I I made the comparison to Bill Parcells, um, but that's one of those where I feel like if I'm Sean Payton, I would have kept that kid because he's young. He's he is young. He, he's I think like 36, 37. Um, but I thought he played a huge role in getting that defense to play at that level. Vance Joseph could come in and continue the trend. I'm not saying he can't, um, but I think that's that's something to kind of bake into uh, what we expect from the Broncos. All right. Few more games here. Uh, I think we got. Uh, what do we got? Four more, five more left because we've got the the Monday night game too. Uh, up next, we have the Miami Dolphins going across the country to the Los Angeles Chargers. Another one of my favorite games in this afternoon slate and, and the whole weekend actually. Yeah. Uh, right now, the Chargers are a three point favorite. Three point favorite at home. Uh, I also would expect to see a lot of Miami Dolphin fans in that stadium. Uh, as we know, the Chargers fans are fickle to say the least. Uh, where are we guys? Where are y'all leaning on that on that game? I am in love with the Dolphins line in this game. Uh, look, 
the the Dolphins have finally an identity on defense. That's something they've been lacking since they had Brian Flores there. Not only that, but they had the the talent they did. Of course, Jalen Ramsey's going to be out a few uh, games here most of the season, really. But um, they finally have an, an identity on defense, a defense that ranked 24th in, in EPA allowed uh, per play last year. Fangio's zone defense is is going to limit some of the explosive playability that I think uh, a new offense, uh, a, a new coordinator, a new scheme uh, who's trying to unlock a quarterback in Justin Herbert uh, will will be able to handle. And, and for for that to be uh, the first test for Kellen Moore and for Justin Herbert uh, in, in this in this year of of like, well, can Kellen Moore unlock him? Uh, is going to be rough. Um, so I think uh, Miami going into LA should be, should be big favorites. I look, I think the Chargers defense is good, but look at all the explosive weapons and all the offense we saw when Tua, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill were on the field healthy and they got a stable running backs. Who knows what we're going to see out of the rookie uh, Devin Johnny. Um, but, but you know, look, I, I like, I like this Miami team. I think they're good enough. To, to make a run at the postseason. Uh, and, and in this game, I just think like having Fangio there is so understated. Uh, I think around the league that, that this is going to make the difference in the game. Yeah. I, I look at that defense, that defensive line, man, like Kristen Wilkins names out there, but Jalen Phillips last year. Yes. Dominated. Yes. Yes. The last like five games of the season, he was arguably the best edge rusher in and in football, like, and that's yeah. saying a lot because that's yeah. <laughs> legitimately how good he was. No, exactly. So, like, I, I look at that defense. I think that's going to be the difference maker, and I got Miami as well. And I, I think the other guy on that Miami defense, they made the big trade halfway through the season to go get mm-hmm. Bradley Chubb. Who got the most out of Bradley Chubb during the course of his career? Vic Fangio, when he was the head coach of the uh, Denver Broncos, and those two are reunited, even without Jalen Ramsey. Uh, the Dolphins still have a decent secondary. They still have Xavier Howard, who I think is still, a, a, you know, maybe not a top 10 corner, but he's a very, very high caliber starting cornerback. Um, I love the Dolphins here, too. I couldn't agree more, Scotty. And, of course, we're all in agreement, so the Chargers are going to win by a touchdown. Um, oh, no. Another but, yeah, he drafted him, <laughs> just so you know. What's that? Bradley he drafted Ch- yeah. Bradley Chubb, yeah. So he loves him. Yeah, I, I think between Jalen – I mean, if you the probably the least talked about defensive line front in terms of just studs. We talk about the Niners, we talk about the Eagles, well, we talk about the Cowboys. We don't talk about the Miami Dolphins. You don't talk about you Bradley at, Chubb, Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilkins. That is a nasty you look front at their, to go up against. You look at their numbers. They're they've been a sieve the last three years against the run, and now they they get Bradley Chubb and they'll have a full season of Bradley Chubb. That should change things. And then Vic Fangio, who who is a known run stuffer, so like, I, especially with the the zone that he plays, so I'm I'm good with that. But like, that's why that's the narrative. Well, and I think the the nice thing is it's like I think the the scheme is going to change a little bit, which I think will help Bradley Chubb. That might make you be like, all right, well, is that going to make Christian Wilkins not seem like he's going to fit as well? Is that going to make Jalen Phillips less effective as he was at the end of last year? I don't necessarily think that's the case because no, I think Jalen I, I, yeah. Phillips is so fast and athletic. Um, and frankly, I don't think this Chargers defense is all that good. I mean, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. They got names. Great. Yeah. J, yeah, JC Jackson's good. There's nothing in the interior. I think the Dolphins are going to be Derwin so James. much. 
yeah, they're going to be so fast. The Dolphins are just so fast. They're just, it's so dumb and like childlike to just be like, look at those guys. They're fast, daddy. Like, that's how it feels. I feel like a kid mm-hmm. watching football and being like, that guy's fast. That's the entire Miami Dolphins. And I, I just, I think they're going to be too much. Um, and you're getting three points. So I like the Dolphins. All right. Uh, Rams going to Seattle. The Seahawks are five and a half point favorites at home. Uh, this number should be way higher than it is. Yeah. Uh, the Seahawks five and a half. This should be seven minimum. If you can get them at five and a half, I feel like it's stealing money. Um, I mean, Matthew Stafford, no idea. Cooper Cup's not playing. Yep. Cam Akers is like their best offensive. We- Him and Tyler Higby are their best offensive weapons right now. Van Jefferson. I mean, think about that. Like you're getting Matthew Stafford at 34 years old with a terrible offensive line. Uh, and completely inexperienced offensive line mixed with your best offensive weapons are Van Jefferson, uh, Skolonsky, or whatever the hell that guy's name, the the the, the Julian Edelman looking dude, Skoranek, yeah. uh, and then Cam Akers out of the backfield. I mean, I just look this Seahawks defense was really good last year, and I know Sean Desai was a big part of that, and now he's in Philly. They're still going to be good. They were good as rookies. They're going to be good as second-year players. Yeah. Uh, I think this is an absolute steamroll. I think this is a game that nobody pays attention to. I think the Seahawks win by a million. Give me Seahawks minus five and a half. Same. Bobby Wagner revenge game. Yes. Yeah. The double <laughs> revenge game because he went from Seattle to the Rams yeah. and then played Seattle and then went back to Seattle. Now he's playing the Rams. Yeah. He'd love to see Complicated. It. Get out the red yarn uh, to, to draw that map. Uh, listen, you're 100% right. Don't think too much about this. Cooper Cup's out. Stafford's going to have two guys to throw to. The only weakness I could see is if Seattle's defensive line didn't take the step forward and they're still really weak against the run. But even then, I don't see Cam Akers scoring like two or three touchdowns to get him well, over the, over the hump I, there. And I think that that's a big reason why they brought in, they brought back Bobby Wagner. Yeah. You know, because at this stage of his career, Bobby Wagner's not covering tight ends and coverage. His job right. is to be there to help stop the run. And yeah. even though he's a little older, a little long in the tooth, he's still going to be able to do that at that at his age and, and at that position. Yeah, um, nothing there. <laughs> give, right. me the, give me this. The Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, we're all on yeah. Seattle. Um, we're a lot of us Gross. are. There's a lot of it's them versus the 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 Rams. I mean, which one do you hate more, L.A. or the Seahawks? I mean, yes, <laughs> <laughs> correct. Uh, all right, <laughs> last of the afternoon games. My Philadelphia Eagles going to New England rematch of Super Bowl 52. First that time. Game. I think it's the first time the two of them have played since uh, they might have. They might have played one other time. I don't remember. I think it's the first time they've played since that game. Uh, they're doing a whole like Tom Brady weekend shit. Uh, the Retiring. Eagles are. Yeah. yeah, the Eagles are four point favorites. Uh, on the road up in uh, Foxborough. This should be a very fun game. Uh, for me, because I'm an Eagles fan, because the Eagles should be the better football team here. Uh, four points. I, I, it feels like when you have these big retirement ceremony type deals, you know, Mac Jones, is it going to affect people? I, I don't know. Um, but look, I mean, the, the biggest weakness of this New England team is their offensive line. They're going up against probably one or two, you know, best defensive fronts 
in the NFL. I think yeah. Mac Belichick Jones, was quoted this year week saying it was the best in yeah. football. Yeah. Well, and that's also Belichick's thing though, is where yeah. Belichick just gas like he said somebody said, like, are you using Malik Cunningham as like a scout quarterback for you know to replicate Jalen Hurts? And he was like, you know, Jalen, you know, he's like, you know. I try to do. I try to do my best, Bills. Love you know. Love football. Love football yeah, things. Malik, I think about football. Malik, Malik Cunningham. He's good. Good player, but you know, he's, we're, we're talking about arguably the best player and one of the top two or three players in the league. So you know, there's no one who can be him. And I was like, damn, that's some high praise for Jalen Hurts. Until I remembered, yeah. that's what Belichick does against everybody he plays. You know, he always finds something to gas up the other team in the media. Um, I don't know. A four is a weird number. You don't see this number a lot um i feel like the eagles should be a touchdown favorite um because i just think as a total roster they're going to be that much better i think part of the question comes into what do we see out of this offense from new england bill bill o'brien's back there you're going to see more of a zone scheme um you know mac jones probably going to look more like the guy we saw before but you're going up against a really good secondary a really good defensive front with a an, an average offensive line at best uh, I think the bigger question is what are they going to do defensively? Can they slow down the Eagles? To me, four points. Um, I, I, I don't want to say it's taking money because it's my team, but it, it does feel like you're stealing money uh, with only four points for the Eagles. So I'm, I'm rolling with the Eagles there. I agree with you, Scotty. This could be a trap game. Um, I don't I don't think it will be. Um, so I'm, I'm taking the birds minus four. Sam, better quarterback. Honestly, I think I think the best case scenario for the Patriots is to keep it close and somehow – they get the NFL to let them trot out Tom Brady for a celeb shot fourth quarter, and he slings <laughs> it back to beat the the Eagles. That's the only way they're going to win this game. Uh, he doesn't want to see Brandon Graham again. Tom Brady has nightmares that's about the thing. Brandon he, Graham. He hates him, so he would love to put the helmet on just to go back and beat him. He would love to step into a fourth quarter yeah. not having to prep anything. Because I think, Scotty, I'll let O'Brien. Yeah, I want yeah. Scotty to jump in in a second, but – this is why people are talking. It's it's this is definitely more of a media like narrative driven trap game than an actual on paper trap game because you're gonna say, well, Tom Brady's retiring, and the last time the Pats played the Eagles was in the Super Bowl, and Tom they're gonna win it back for Tom Brady because Tom Brady lost to them, and they're gonna do it for him, and it's gonna be because he's there. It's a trap game on in a narrative sense. It's not on paper. The Eagles are a significantly it's, better football team. It's got nothing to do with that. You've got a better offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien who's going to come in and, and and help Mac Jones be the quarterback that he should be in the NFL better than the zero offensive coordinators they had over the last three years in, of his NFL or two years of his NFL tenure. You might be have struggles running the ball with Ramondre Stevenson, but you've got Juju Smith-Schuster out there to bail you out if you're Mac Jones. This offense is going to look a lot better than it has over the past four years. Um on top of that, you're getting a Bill Belichick defense against uh, a, a, a guy who should have won the MVP last year if he didn't get hurt, and Jalen Hurts uh, should have won the Super Bowl, truthfully. Um, but, like, what is this running back room? You have four starters. Name one. Uh, that's never worked in the history of forever. You have a, a defense that's unproven and has a lot of turnover from last year. You can tell me at the end of the year, and I think they will be one of the better defenses in the NFL, but what have you got? And then you're going in on top of that into that media-driven narrative about, uh, well, this is Tom Brady's retirement. They're going into to uh, to Gillette Stadium in Foxborough for the for the first time uh, in a long time, and the first time they played the Patriots since the Super Bowl win. It's going to be emotional for everyone. Who cares? Give me the Patriots. Get out of here. 
Wow. I feel like this is because I picked the Steelers to beat the San Francisco. No, it's not even that. It's just, it's not, it's not. (laughs) I I mean, the running back by committee thing. You mean the thing that like has won every Super Bowl for the last like 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, That's uh, crazy. You You mean DeAndre Swift was like a pro bowler and like a nasty running back. Can he get Yeah. Call me week 11 when, when uh, DeAndre Swift still playing. He probably will be. I'm not historically. Yeah. All right. All right. Scotty's going with the Pats. All right. Uh, Sunday night football. Tell me if you've heard this one before. Cowboys Giants playing uh, on Sunday night football. Uh, uh, I'd rather game, see the Patriots Eagles game on that, on that side. Uh, Cowboys in New York. They're playing uh, the Giants. Cowboys are three and a half point favorites in this game. Vito, where are you leaning right now? I mean, right now I'm, I'm actually, yeah, I'm leaning on Dallas. I think that they have a still a better team. Um, I, I listen. I love the acquisition of Darren Waller, and I think it's going to be awesome. I just don't think it's going to come together this fast. I love that. Who's their fastest receiver? Slayton. Yep, they still have Darius Slayton. Darius, um, Isaiah no, who's, Hodgins. Who was the, the guy they had Jaylen last Hyatt. year? Oh, Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt, the rookie yeah. out of Tennessee. Yeah, I, I would love to see him get in the game and just burn off the top. But listen, Parsons is going to be full time. That that battle, if it's Parsons versus Andrew Thomas, their left tackle is going to be amazing. They'll move him around though, but still, like. That's going to be the matchup of the game. Um, I got Dallas, though. I got Dallas to cover. I think their offense is going to um, be better than the Giants' defense. Micah's bulked the fuck up, too. Did you Have you seen him recently? Dude, it's nuts. Who? Just, Micah, Micah Parsons. Mm. He's His bulked up. Like, he's he's like DN size now. And he, <laughs> like, it's, it's insane, like, how he looks. God, I love that guy, uh, even though he plays on the worst team in the NFL. But – uh, I think you're right, man. I think all all of those those wide receiver additions that New York has requires you to actually throw the football if you're Daniel Jones, and that doesn't happen a whole lot. And, and when it does, it's gonna it's not gonna be a, a good recipe against this uh, this cornerback room for uh, uh, for Dallas with Stephon Gilmore and Travion Diggs. So uh, forget it. Uh, like you're gonna have to rely on Saquon against one of the the best defensive lines. Uh, probably top three defensive line in the league. Uh, no, <laughs> that ain't it. It's going to be Dallas. I think it's going to be a close game. I, I really do. Ooh, I, I think. Wow. I think. I think the Giants. I mean, look, I, I picked the Giants to make the playoffs. Like, I, I think the Giants are the better coach team. Uh, they're good I, in I, close I, games, though. <laughs> the, they, they're very good in close games. Uh, you're getting three points at home on Sunday Night Football. Uh, again, I think. Dallas's offense is not going to look like the Dallas offense we're used to. I think there's a good chance this is a low scoring game. I think this we could see like a a 24-21 type of game here. I think there's going to be mistakes by both teams. I think it's going to look, you know, somewhat sloppy at certain points. I'm very concerned about what this Cowboys offense is going to look like. Now look, the Giants are susceptible to the running game. We saw that, right? When the Eagles just decided to just jam the ball down their throats, there's not a whole lot they could do to stop it. They revamped their linebacker room. They revamped some of their defensive line. They revamped their secondary. We're going to have guys like Isaiah Simmons flying around the ball. I think the Giants defense alone is going to be able to keep them in this game. No question, the Giants are going to have trouble moving the ball against Dallas's defense because I think any team that plays Dallas this year is going to have trouble doing that. My biggest question is, Stephon Gilmore played really well last year, right, when he was in Carolina, right? Like, like surprisingly well for a dude his age. 
Can he continue that trend as he's into his 30s? It's very difficult. And you can say the same thing about the Eagles. I mean, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, they're over 30. That tends to be the decline. That that 30 mark tends to be the decline for a lot of cornerbacks. I think Travion Diggs gets burnt in every single game that he plays. And if he gets lucky, the pass doesn't get completed or doesn't go for a touchdown, and that kind of saves him. I think the New York Giants keep this game close. I think it's within three points at the end of this game. So because of that, I'm taking the New York Giants to keep this close. I'm going to take them plus three and a half. You're giving me the hook, which makes me want to take them even more. I like the Giants plus three and a half. All right, last game of the slate. Bills, Jets, Monday night football. This game is in metal, uh, the Meadowlands, East Rutherford. Back-to-back Sunday night, Monday night games. In New Jersey, just to be clear. not New York. In New Jersey, it is. Okay. Correct, correct. Um, Bills on the road, two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Jets. It's crazy to say it because we haven't watched a lick of NFL football yet as of now, but this game's going to matter down the stretch because of how tight this AFC is. I'm very curious to see how this game goes. I think it's going to be an awesome way to kick off Monday night football and to wrap up our first weekend of NFL football. Jets, two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Scotty, where are you going? Uh, well, the Jets were my uh, uh, ATS darlings last year. Uh, nobody believed in them, and I did. And yes, uh, you did. And a bunch of money because of it. Thank you. Uh, so there's there's one point. Uh, second is uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the New York football Jets. Uh, he's 12-8 and eight on Monday Night Football. All time, including a nine and zero heater over his last nine, uh, and uh, in week one he's ten and five all time as well. So, uh, I I think that that this is I'm leaning I'm leaning Jets. Uh, I know the Bills were my Super Bowl pick, but uh, I think I think Aaron Rodgers shows up. It's New York. It's prime time. It's uh it's a statement game for the Jets. Uh, and, I, and I think they cover the spread here in this. All right. What about you, Vito? Man, um, it's tight. I love Quentin Williams. I think the matchup of this game is going to be Stefan Diggs versus Sauce Gardner and what Josh Allen can do with his legs. I got to go. I got to go with Buffalo. I, I mean, I love the Jets defense. I really do. I just don't think that the – I just – man, I think the Bills defense can do just enough and their offense will still blow. So I'm, I'm going with the Bills. I still like their D. All right. So you put out some uh, some some big stats there on Aaron Rodgers there, uh, Scotty. Josh Allen also has a pretty damn good career record on Monday Night Football. Three and three. So the win-losses haven't always added up. But passer rating of 113, 1,600 yards, 18 touchdowns to two interceptions in six career games. He's averaging three touchdowns per game on Monday Night Football. I'm with Vito here. I think Sauce Gardner is great. I think you can attack the other parts of that secondary. I think the offensive line for Buffalo holds up, and I think we're going to see a little bit of rust. I think there's so much hype going into this game around the New York Jets. Two and a half points is not a huge margin because it's at two and a half. I think the Buffalo Bills have a good chance winning this game, even if it's by a field goal they'll still end up covering the spread. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. Love it. One last point. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> uh, for, for his record in week one uh, that, I, that I laid out, in his last two, he's 0-2. The 
The last time Aaron Rodgers went 0-3, the team that he lost to in that third loss of the streak was the Seattle Seahawks in 2014, who went on to lose the Super Bowl. And that is why I picked the Buffalo Bills, because <laughs> he will end up losing to the Buffalo Bills to complete the streak of three, get back on a winning streak. Doesn't matter. The Bills go to the Super Bowl, play the Niners. Niners win the Super Bowl. It all comes full circle, Jeff. I, I love Scott's stats that are like one-offs. Like this is this is how you know football's back. Scotty is laying yeah. out stats for us that have no actual statistical relevance. They're just one-offs that are just phenomenal little cherry pick stats. And that's why we love you, Scott. That's why we love you. Cause you give us the good stats and you give us the stats that mean absolutely nothing. Uh, and it's good that way. All right. That is all of our games before we go. We did say we were, uh, can we agree a little live producing here? We each pick three per week that are our locks. And those are the ones that are going to go in our, our week long competition. So that way, when if Vito has to miss a pod, mm-hmm. we can just get, hey, I give us three, so. just give us yeah. three, and those will be the ones each week. It's a lot easier to manage them than when we would have you circle all the games on your screenshots and we go from there. So we'll each pick three. Oh, Scotty makes a good point here. Yeah, we were going to do college football at the end here. We'll, we'll tag on those at the very end because I got to pull up the spreads yeah. for those. Um, but let's NFL. pick our three NFL ones from this week that we feel – the best about, and that will be the start of our season-long competition, okay? So I'll go first. I'll give you guys a chance to settle in, all right? Uh, My first lock, the first one that I'm submitting for this week, I'm going to take the Washington Commanders covering the seven against Arizona at home. I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers, as the one-point underdogs, and I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins. Actually, I'm going to scratch out the Green Bay one. I'm going to do Washington, Miami, and Seattle. Those are my three locks for this week. Washington, minus seven against Arizona. Miami, plus three against the Chargers. And Seattle, minus five and a half against the Rams. Uh, Vito, you ready? You got yours picked? All right. So I'm going San Fran, minus two. Or whatever it was for you. I, th- I think you had maybe two minus and two and a half. Hooks, yeah, I think. two and a yeah. half. Yep. So I got San Fran. Um, I have uh, Philly minus four at New England. And I'm just going to go with the full Homer pod pick and Denver minus three and a half. Yeah, it's week one. It's the start of yeah. it, right? You got plenty hey, of time to make all it up. Teams if it are winners, baby. All I like teams it. Are... That's good. The, the read option sweep. This is a vibe. This is a we vibe need to game. deal with FanDuel so we can get that, like, in, like put that into the app. The yes. read option. The, the read option parlay. All right, Scotty. <laughs> read option parlay. I love it. And uh, for you? I'm going to go. My locks are Washington, uh, minus seven. Uh, famous last words. Uh, I'm going to go. Um, uh, where was it? I just saw it. Gonna go Washington minus seven, Jacksonville minus five against the Colts, and let's get bold and make an aggressive play. See where we are. Patriots minus four. Wow, plus four. You mean plus four? Plus four. Yeah, that's a lock. Wow. Ooh, Scotty. All right. All right. Uh, And quickly, there's not a ton of great college football action. 
Uh, we'll do three games because I think there's three games worth talking about. Uh, we'll start off the big heroes from week one, the Colorado Buffs hosting Nebraska. Number 22, Colorado hosting Nebraska, Colorado minus three. Wow, they started they started plus like two and a half. Yeah. Um, all the money yeah. moved to them. Their defensive line, they should be where their interior offensive line, their tackles are great. Their interior, though, is not as good. I still got Colorado, man. It comes down to the quarterback play. I'll take them all day. Matt Rule is going to slow this offense down. That is Big Ten football. That is Matt Rule at his best. Give me Nebraska. I'm taking Colorado. I'm all in on Dion. Give me all of the Dion stock that you, uh, that you, other people don't want. Uh, all right, up next, number 20, Ole Miss, against the the group of five darlings leading off the top 25 this year. Tulane, Ole Miss is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite after laying 73 last week. Uh, look, it's a big number. I know a lot of people like Tulane. I think we had a lot of hype about Jackson Dart when he was at USC, struggled a little bit in his first year at Ole Miss. I think Jackson Dart is a fucking stud. I love his aggressiveness, and it feels as though that maybe some of that aggressiveness has been toned down a little bit, and now he's just playing smart, aggressive football. Give me Ole Miss covering the seven and a half. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and say the same. Uh, I like Tulane. I wish it, I, I don't wish this because I, I like Tulane, but I think they're going to get um, they're going to have their hands full for sure. And I'm wondering yeah. how they're going to end up stopping this offense. Yeah. Group of five team, a lot of turnover and almost as an SEC team. Give me the uh, give me the tried and true over the uh, the up and coming. I love it. And then lastly, the game of the <laughs> week, top 10 or almost top 10 matchup. Number 11, Texas, returning the favor after almost pulling off the upset in Austin last year against the Crimson Tide. They now go to Tuscaloosa. Alabama is a seven-point favorite against Texas. I'll lead this one. Texas covers the spread. Texas does it. Quinn Ewers didn't look super sharp, but as the game progressed, it looks like they got that first game of the year rust off. I think Texas comes in. This is what they were focusing on. They were looking ahead of Rice last week. This is what they've been building towards. They're going to go in there. I I really want to say Texas money line, but I'm going to let Alabama still – I'm going to think Alabama's going to win, but I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a really, really good game. I'm going to take Texas plus seven in Tux, Tuscaloosa. Yeah, it's a lot of defensive turnover, which you know for Alabama doesn't seem to ever be a problem. But the bigger question is on offense. Like We saw their quarterback come in against – University of Tennessee, name your satellite campus, whoever the hell they play. Uh, so, like, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of yeah. there's a whole lot of question marks for for uh, Alabama, um, more than I think there are for uh, for Texas, who had a lot of turnover too, losing B. John Robinson. But Quinn Ewers running that offense looks really good, and I think that defense is going to be pretty good too. I like Texas to cover the spread as well on the road. Um, you know. Man, I, I, I'm going Texas to cover and to win because I, I think like that this it. Alabama offense, you're losing Bill O'Brien, okay? And you bring in Tommy Reese. the He's the new offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Yeah. Uh, he was doing Notre Dame's quarterbacks before this, which – He was the offensive coordinator, yeah. Oh, yeah that worked I, out well. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, I, yeah, I don't really – whatever. I, I, I My <laughs> thoughts on Notre Dame exist. But the point is that I don't, this is not the same quality of guy. 
um, or at least experience of guy, and you're coming with a new quarterback and all of this, it's they're going to have a hard time. And I think Texas is, uh, which sounds crazy, over the last decade this hasn't happened, but Texas is the more uh, continuous, if that's a word. They have more continuity than than Alabama, and I think uh, that they're going to end up getting the dub. Big I like it. Early, early I like it. Year. All right. That's everything. Long pod today, but appreciate you guys hanging with us. There's a lot to get to. And obviously week one college or what week one NFL, we were going to take our time. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Enjoy it. Enjoy it because we have such a long buildup to this week one and we get so excited and then it happens. And the next thing you know, it's like a week and it's like, wait, we get more football and then we're going to blink and it's going to be Thanksgiving. And then we're going to blink again. And it's going to be Christmas. And then next thing you know, we're, we're breaking down playoff matchups. So uh, shout out to Vito. Unbelievable performance on his flu game today. Uh, did not feel That's great, nice. but he hung out with us. Uh, and uh, we'll have some some story time with Vito next week because we don't got any more time for that. We want to let our man rest. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the football. Bask in it. Get your buffalo chicken dip. Get your cheese spread. Get your pizza, your wings, your beer. Get it all set up. And uh, best of luck on everyone's bets. We'll talk to you guys and recap. We get to recap NFL football the next time we talk to you guys. So be ready. Thank you so much as always. We'll talk to you guys next week. And as always, take it easy, everybody.